Welcome back to the Ack Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mary, after having a little lamb, Jay. New one as always is my co-host, a shocked doctor, Z. <laughs> How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing just fine. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. On this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Go Bills. We get to bring back our, our yearly tradition of watching the Bills during a podcast. Yeah, and sometimes... It's our, it's our last chance, really, for this season. Because really the only time we get to... Well, it depends. Do they have any Saturday night games? Because it's either Saturday night games or Sunday morning games or Sunday afternoon games. Yeah, we do this. It's our last Saturday or unless, Sunday afternoon. Unless we go real crazy and record on Thursday. Yeah, well, that's true. Or a Monday night. We pull it. Or a Monday night. We've never ever had to do a Monday night record turnaround post, mm-hmm. but never say never. Uh, we're trying to hit... It's actually had a big parlay on this. So. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a super big parlay. Well, we're trying to hit a parlay. Listen, Any, I don't have a problem. It's not... <laughs> Well, I didn't say that. I feel like. I Will I put it in the title? Is he has a gambling addiction? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that'd be the title. Listen, I feel like that's where it was going. That's where all the memes inevitably lead. Well, you, okay. Well, all the gambling memes are inevitable. Unless you never stop. <laughs> it's only a problem if you don't win a gazillion dollars. And that's you true. You can't lose if you keep, keep going. playing. Yeah, the score's not posted yet, baby. And you and you can't lose a gazillion dollars if you never stop playing so if you never stop playing you'll never lose you never have a problem exactly yeah it's not the score's not posted it's not we haven't lost yet it's not over till it's over it's halftime she's in the ether that, that's just money that has yet to be won back yeah but i will say on record at second quarter eight minutes left in the second year but got to play better here mm-hmm. given going back and forth the dolphins it's 21 14 now if the game ends while we record we'll announce the final score or we'll do what we did last year we'll say the who won next week <laughs> As if you haven't already. Cared. As if you, if you care, you've already seen it. If you're waiting for the attack to kill the bill scores again, figure it out, buddy. That's what we said last time. <laughs> Why would you be waiting for us? But you know. Anyways, well, we saw the creator this week, didn't we? We did. It's a movie we were uh, anticipating for yeah. a while now. Uh, newest film from Garth Edwards, who did uh, Godzilla and Rogue One. 2014 Godzilla. 2014 Godzilla and Rogue One and another movie called Monster or something, I think. Regardless. Who can know? He's been around. Has he done anything else? Is this uh, his first movie since Rogue One? Rogue One. That'd be a while, though. Rogue One came out in 20... That's kind of what I was thinking. 16? You know, you know how it was. You know the times. The times was tough. Um, he. It was called Monsters, is what it was called. But directing... Yeah, Rogue One was the last one. <laughs> and Godzilla was the one before that. And so, yeah. <laughs> what a break. Monsters in 2010. So, yeah. I kind of named, like, most of his <laughs> work. But, um... Anyways... This is like a new original sci-fi kind of property here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what do we think, Jack? I enjoyed it. I really thought, I think the visuals look good. I thought the story was pretty solid. I thought it was, um, what was it? I was gonna say. Oh, I thought the future was, I guess, more practical than what I've seen. Like, it was futuristic, but not so much that you don't recognize anything. Like, it seemed more natural, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, I totally agree with that. From our perspective, at least. it's. I think a lot of it, it has very much that Star Wars-y kind of feel, right? The, the lived-in mm-hmm. feature. It's not some, like, sterile. sanitized, sterile, like, ooh, everything's white and glowing. It's kind of like, like Blade Runner. It's like awesome. we have robots, but also look at they're, like, dirty and, like... They're monks. They wear they're Shaolin monks. Yeah, they just wear clothes and stuff. And look, at we have AKs, but we slapped, like, a future pack on them, and they shoot lasers now. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. I which So I totally agree with that. Um, I think that to me is kind of the the real strong suit of this movie is like all of that, all of like the the visuals and the designs and the and the kind of the world itself, the world of it all. I think the personally that the story was a bit a bit simplistic. Personally, I didn't think there was anything like revelatory in this. 
Right. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, if I'm being completely honest, because it was, I don't know. It's one of those things where you kind of get the idea, right? Like, yeah. y- you kind of know how it's all going to shake out pretty much immediately. He's going to learn to love the robots. He's going to learn to love the robot. So uh, that I didn't find completely, like, groundbreaking. No, I, I can agree with that. Um, I mean, so the whole the whole premise basically is it's the future. Uh, it's, like, the 2060s. We've developed, like, really advanced robots and artificial intelligence to populate them, I guess, whatever, live in them. Um, and 10 years prior to the events of, well, technically 15 years prior to the events of most of the thing, but there was a nuclear bomb went off in Los Angeles, seemingly as a result of the AI. AI. And so the United States set off on like a global war on AI. <laughs> Very little, as the, as the U.S. has want to do. Um, where, so in the United States, they destroyed all the AI and the robots, um, but they're now on a campaign in Asia to get the rest of them basically the last of them and they're they're in this like drawn out war with with the ai and the ai sympathizers i guess um and john david washington is starts undercover and they're like we need you to come back to get the uh this this secret weapon they're developing but as it turns i mean a lot of this is in the trailer as it turns out the weapon is a kid uh one of these um androids they make they're called yeah simulants which is these ones that look like they have human faces, basically. But mm. over, otherwise, they're just robots, I guess. I don't know. It's one of those things where it gets a little, like... Th- I, I would say that this movie does not go into depth explaining a lot of it, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of how this stuff works and, and whatnot. Um, Can they live forever? Yeah. There's, Are they, do they age? There's some similar ideas in this, right, to, say, like, Westworld. Yeah, very much so. But, obviously, Westworld being a multi-season TV show gets a lot more into like the nitty-gritty and the in the specific details of the nature of the AI and how it all works. This is kind of broad strokes, you know, yeah. just like, well, they're kind of alive, aren't they? So shouldn't you I don't know. So it's like you famously when we watched Westworld, we're big on like you didn't care. Kill us. I mean, I was thinking about that I was I was not lost me while watching this film. Okay. And I was like, but I mean, I get the arc. I'm like, oh, he learned to love robots. But I'm like, I feel like if I was in this robot, I'd be like, you kind of kind of turn off the robots, though. It's so tough. Again, I think Westworld does a much better job of explaining how that is and, and all of that, mm. which we just don't get any of. We don't see the growth. Because, again, like Westworld just spans decades. And it's like, look, this is how they evolved to become um, sapient, basically, where we don't get any of that in this. And it's like, yeah, how, how does that work? Like, now they say that the, the so Alfie, who's the, the, the kid with David Washington, John David Washington, she can learn. Mm. That's explicitly said, but it's also kind of stated that she's unique. She can grow as well. For that, she can grow. Yeah. So I don't know if that means she's literally grow. We get stuff later on that kind of confuses me. I guess I'll just say spoilers. Again, it's you kind of get the whole yeah. thing from the trailer. And we've never once went more than, was it five minutes without going right yeah. in the story? <laughs> Overall, I would recommend it. And again, I think it is very visually impressive. But... um. So yeah, go watch it. It's a it's a unique sci-fi thing. I've seen stuff saying it's like the best movie of the year, but that's, obviously that's what they're going to put in the commercials. But I definitely don't. I wouldn't. Can't. I mean, we just had Barbenheimer. Yeah, we had Barbenheimer. That's that's going to be the the front runners for anything. And but. Super Mario. <laughs> sure. And Renfield. I mean, it's got oh, it's got stiff competition. It's a good point there. But yeah, Barbenheimer is going to be the front front runners for this year. I think yeah. in a lot of cases, uh, one or both of them. So. But it is good for a sci-fi thing, and and again, it's it's you know I'm glad for like new new properties, new new IPs, ideas and, and yeah. stuff. Um, I really liked, and I liked how the intro where they kind of do. It reminded me of Fallout. Yeah, where yeah. it's like, look, the AI, look, we're building AI, and they're slowly integrated with us. The AI of the future. AI of the future is now. Classic. <laughs> the future is now. 
They're gonna soon. Computers. They'll, they'll make, put all your household chores. They'll make your food. And You're living luxury. Can't believe they made robots wage slaves. <laughs> the thing is, is like, and that's the thing is like the robots want to be free. Why? Like, I guess th- this is again. This is like the type of stuff I would like to get into the specifics about. But like, is there a distinction between robots that are robots intelligent and robots that aren't? Because surely not all of them have are right. Some of them have. Like, why would you make your household servants? Intelligent. Why would you burden the gongtroy with consciousness? Why would you burden the gongtroy with consciousness? Like, yeah, that does almost seem cruel. But I guess it would be like, oh, because it makes them better and you, they can learn and stuff. But I still feel like there's a, there's a. Surely you can, you can draw a line somewhere between it being able to learn how to be a better. Yeah, you can do machine learning without it like learning without it to being talk. Alive, right, that's what we have now. Yeah, is like that's what Roombas are. That's what Roombas are. Sure, but I mean, like, yeah, the the, the different AI programs that we have now that you can like access online, right? There's that, do you remember that thing, did you see this, where the, the Google employee was like, I think their Google AI is alive. Oh, yeah. Because it told him it was alive, but that's just a thing it can do without being, like... Yeah. It will have thought, therefore, it was. Like, it's kind of like, because that's a Turing test, right? Mm-hmm. Is if you can trick someone into thinking you're alive, then maybe you are, but that's not really what that means. You can, I can tell it to say, say you're alive after X amount of time or X amount of, because you can change it. Yeah. You can program it to do what you want. It's frankly consciousness as a yeah like sentience and sapience and all that as a concept is very hard to like nail down define and it would be almost impossible to like ever I don't know it's weird because yeah where is the line between like it's just imitating it's doing what it's told life, to do and right? what is it I mean the, again Westworld does this much more elegantly because it's like well you got to do you have to improv but you have to have memory like there's a lot of it uh, well it, well if it's rooted or not in what we understand right now at least it has it builds enough into it like these are the rules that we're working with that you need to have these three things and they all have to work almost all perfectly in tandem and it's very hard to do and this where it's like they can talk don't worry about it yeah they can smoke and drink and get drunk or eat yeah, i don't know why they need to smoke i didn't really get that you, but like in and like you said um can they live forever that was the question i had like there's the part with the one robot whose name i don't even know that had a robot ken wananabe's buddy ken right? Wan- yeah and he's destroyed, and it's like, oh, it's sad, because he's like, goes and he like, the, the the big tank thing's locked onto him, so he's like, about to go take shelter, but then there's a bunch of kids in there, he's like, well, I'll just bite this one then. And it's like, sad and all, but it's like, well, he's just a robot, right? More so even than the simulants, why can't, can you not just like, salvage him? Re-upload him? I mean, it's a thing like in Star Wars, too, frankly, that they never really get into, but Star Wars is like, you know. It's like we always say with Star Wars. They're kind of on their playing by their own rules, right? Yeah, it's they like do a, whatever they want. It's like a space fantasy, more so. You always got to remember that. Space like, fantasy, Wild West. Nobody, no one has universal translators and all yeah, that. Yeah, you can't, you don't really got to worry about it in terms of Star Wars. But like, you know, with like in Star Wars, at least it's like I think that idea is generally that it's it's all so analog still that like mm. I don't know. It's it's mostly about the needs of the story because sometimes you can upload things digitally and sometimes you can't. It's not really, <laughs> but. I feel like the thing is, like, you it, if you want to bring a droid back to life, you have to actually f- fix that physical body. Like, I don't know if you can just transfer R2-D2 to a different astromech. astromech and have it still be R2-D2 or whatever. But anyways, I don't know. Like, surely you could do that in this movie, right? I mean, like, they, that guy's dead, but if we just get his chip. Yeah, they're scanning chips in this one. And there's, and that's the thing they do later on. Or like, well, actually pretty early on, we is established that you can up, you can scan a person's brain and then put them into one of the simulants, which that was like... At least temporarily. And it kind of made me wonder, and then we we do get this later on, where someone's brain is scanned, and then they're uploaded into a simulant of themselves. And mm-hmm. so it's like, can you just live for it? Like, is that a thing that anyone can do? It seems like it doesn't 
last for very long, but it's I'm unclear but if that that's one because, was because he's dead. He was dead for so long. Whereas then with um woman. Maya later on, she's she'd been very recently killed and then it seems like a pretty solid copy they get of her. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they put it into a simulant modeled after her already. And then it's like, is that just her? Like, that's weird, right? Yeah, you can also donate. They bring up the, they, they show in the background that you can donate your likeness. So it's like, I don't know. Then there's a robot user running around, like people robots that have your face but aren't you. It's just very weird. I feel like you do a lot of crimes with that. Like we talked about with when we were watching Westworld, I I can get on board with the idea that like AI is alive to an extent, but it's especially in a sci-fi context, right? Yeah. Like, I like the idea that, yeah, stories like this or Westworld or Star Wars get into the idea of it. I don't know how applicable that is to real life, right? Like anytime soon if we're going to have actual intelligence. But the thing is, and I said this, I think, when we watched Westwood, is like ultimately the rules are different, right? Yeah. They're not, you can't, you can't one-to-one like parallel them with humankind because it's just, they aren't, right? They might be alive, but they're not humans, right? It's just, yeah. it's very different. Like they're, when you're talking about like digital life like that right it's just it's just a completely different concept i mean people still argue that about humankind right like the um connection between mind and body yeah like you can like separate your body can you separate them or should they be or like is that you if you could somehow like copy my brain into a different body is that really still me maybe not like you know it's all the concepts like whether you think that your your brain is your body or whatever i don't know it's a whole thing I'm not a I'm not a philosopher. Just go back and listen to our Westworld episodes where we fumble through these concepts. <laughs> yeah. Try to pronounce all the titles. But in general, they don't they just don't get nearly so deep in this movie. No. And I feel like it does kind of leave me with some questions. Again, I like you said, right? I think the idea is we're meant to just think they're alive. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they're they're people or something. They're people. They're a different right. species or so whatever. What's the thing? It's cause where do you get more? Can I just do they just make infinite AI? Where do they come from? Where do they go? Where do they come from? How do from? they learn like do you just can you upload like a like a childlike AI and then it and then it grows and becomes its own thing? Do they have access to the internet so they know everything, or do they have to hook themselves up? Where did Ken Watanabe come from? They how old are they? She, I'm confused by that because Gemma Chan says that her they raised her. Yeah, they raised her in a village. Why? Where did her parents go? They were they died just because they were because she they got raised in a no it wasn't the orphan because that was when she sees later on when she's older. Right. The one just turns herself off because of the, but that was because of the war. But surely the war hadn't been going on when she was a child because it had only been going for ten years. Ten years. I don't know. Don't worry about it. I mean, did, did you? I think the actors were fine. John David Washington was cool. In he actually episode. tried in this one. You didn't see Amsterdam, but I did. Actually, horrible in Amsterdam. <laughs> really questioned my appreciation for him as an actor in the other movies I've seen him in. Well, clearly sci-fi is the ticket, huh? You got to put yeah. him in a sci-fi or or Black Klansman. Okay, sure. Because he was good in Black... But that could, that could be that's, the one-off. That's true. He is good in Black Lantern. So that or Tenet or the creator. Yeah, yeah. Some weird sci-fi shit. Maybe uh, that's going to sh- be his jam, though. Shit that isn't really fully explained. You know, his dad did a bunch of cop movies. Maybe he'll just be like a <laughs> sci-fi guy. Put me oh, in your weird sci-fi thing. I'll do anything for the weird sci-fi thing. Um, yeah, all the actors were good in this. Um, I thought that kid was, was likable. Yeah. Uh, really got him when, when, when he was going to like kill her. I was like, oh, yeah. ooh. I didn't think he was going to kill her. Well, I didn't think it, but like... They, she plays it pretty well. Yeah, it's emotional. I was, I was like, well, I mean, she's not gonna kill it, her his child. That's where they couldn't even tell if it was off or not. What the fuck are we doing? What is this They're operation? Like, Actually, it's off. <laughs> Come on, U.S. government, you built that thing in the sky that tracks across the planet. Oh. We're going to the. We have moon planes like taking to the moon colonies. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Moon colonies, because I, 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 it was about that time in the movie. I was like, 
I was thinking, I was like, wait, how advanced are we? Like, we have all this AI and they have this big nomad thing. But I was, I did wonder, I was like, what are we on, like, in terms of space, space travel and stuff? And then yeah. they were just like, oh, yeah, we can go to the moon. I was like, that's cool. There's moon colonies. Oh, yeah. I thought it was one of those things where, like, humanity gets so caught up in one avenue that we neglect all the others. But it's like, I guess you'd all, if you build a ten, uh, one trillion dollars, you got one trillion dollars rolling around, throw a couple bill going on the moon. He says it took them almost a decade. Like, did they make that to fight this war or did they already have it? I assume they made it to fight the war because it says, like, it'll turn the tide. But their tanks. It is interesting because then the guys are like, like, Ken Wananabe is like, we don't want to do anything. We just want to be free. Like, we don't intend to actually. It's not like if we lose. It's not not, not like if America loses this war that all of a sudden that, like, (laughs) the AI is going to overrun. He's like, we just want to live in peace here. Yeah, New Asia. They don't. Which is nice. It does not include China. I think it must. Well, no, the map didn't show that. Oh, did you see in the they show a, They show a map of it. Oh, okay, I didn't catch the specifics there. I would have assumed I would have assumed China would be at the forefront of New Asia. That, maybe could, maybe it's New Asia because it falls in this timeline. Yeah. And, like, the Viet- Vietnam in that region rises up. Uh, I thought it was interesting, like, the visuals of that, like, the choice to make it there. I think it was probably a couple reasons behind that. One is, like, Vietnam War. Vietnam allegory stuff, right? Really, just beating you in the head of that. Um and the and like all the the visuals and the iconography and aesthetics of all that, but I think it is it plays interestingly in this setting. You know, I love the like melding of sci-fi like robots and stuff, but then also they're just wearing like clothes. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing, they're farmers. They're like farmers, but they're robots, and like the robots just got like a poncho on. You know, I love that. I mean, well, it's a poncho. You got to love the poncho. I think what's his name has a poncho too. John David Washington has a poncho like garment on. At one point, I was like, this is cool. So I, I I do like that. Like, oh look, it's a robot, but he's wearing like a rice paper hat. <laughs> like, he's a robot. Like said, there's ones who are just shallow monks. Shallow monks. I was like, this is neat. They're wearing the robes. I like that. They're not again. They're not all just like you know future robots like clonking around, looking all scary and Shiny. white or something. Yeah, it's like look at this one's got a hat. <laughs> he's a, he drinks beer. This one drinks beer. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I don't know why the because again the the robot guy in particular, that one who dies. He's not even one of the simulant ones. Who maybe just, those are like artificial, like they're like replicants, or not replicants. Well, sure, like replicants. Um, but <laughs> like hosts. Hosts in Westworld where they are like basically just artificial people. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's just a robot and he was like smoking that hookah. I was like, what are you getting <laughs> out of that, man? You're a robot. And he clearly seemed drunk because he was like, oh, we got to go, guys. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, but yeah, that's all cool. I mean, it's a bit, I think it's, a, again, the storytelling, the general story of it all is a bit on the nose. I thought, we got to get him and yeah. look at it's a big scary thing in the sky and we'll blow it up. Yeah, I did like how his uh, old army friend just moves to Vietnam, Thailand to get a robot girlfriend because mm-hmm. he can't get in America. So you call that thing baby. He's like, hey, shut up, man. Again, I couldn't. I, maybe I'm I'm taking the wrong things from it or focusing on the wrong things for this movie. But I was like, could you just like get another one? Could he? Again, if he got her chip out and then got another one of her, which is presumably mass produced because... That's the, how it works. Because he's, in that, many, he's right? in that sweatshop where they're building where people. They're, bu- <laughs> they're building a bunch. <laughs> like, you give them your your face, and then they make millions of copies of you. I don't, maybe not millions, but a bunch. At least a, ha- a handful. A handful. Enough that there are two on the train. Enough that there was two of his wife on the train, yeah. So just do that? Like, can you just get another one, put her in it? I don't know. Best not think about it. I, well, it's all right. He doesn't live much longer. You're right. I think, I think that's it. It's almost not worth thinking about. Yeah. The movie wants you to think about... The sheer number of them only when John David Washington has to find his wife and then never again. I did think, I really, the one thing that was kind of fucked, but I did think was interesting was when they get the dead guy and they put him in the body. He's like, <gasps> I, yeah, I, a, he's like, tell I, my wife. He's like, no, no, your wife doesn't matter right now. You're dead already. I'm sorry. Makes, that was pretty funny. Like, it seems like that you can pull them back and forth or like make copies. 
That's what I'm saying. Is like, if you like, is that a thing you could do? Maybe not even. What if you're not even dead, right? You can do it while you're still living, fully yeah. conscious. Can they completely scan your brain? And then if they put that, or maybe it is like Westworld, where even the best of them are only stable for so long. Yeah. They just they can't they like can't, it just can't work. Can't you can't, you can't codify a human. Yeah, mind. you can't codify a human mind and try to put it in a robot. Maybe that's it. So maybe even the Gemma Chan one at the end wasn't like foolproof, foolproof, and wasn't destined to last for very long. Just they long just enough that to, she could hug. Her yeah, they got to have a moment while they both died. <laughs> so, but the, so speaking of Alfie though, so is it implied that she's somehow like a hybrid? I think so because that she builds it when, when she's, she's pregnant. She had somehow got the uh, an android in her. No, I don't think that's it. I think that it's because it's based on the scans. I think it's based on like the. Okay, div- so she did have a baby. Yeah, she a normal human baby. Okay, and she builds but a robot while she while she was pregnant with her actual baby. She, she built a twin, basically. Okay, but but used its scan to make yeah. a weird hybrid. Uh, but then. So when when we because we see at one point she's working on like a like a fetus cyborg, yeah. not even like a baby one. Is that Alfie? That like was she literally capable of growing? As in, like, I think that's what larger? it implies because they said because when he's when he takes her to her friend his friend mm-hmm. he's like oh she's gonna grow and her powers will grow with her. So I think she literally will like develop like a yeah, human, like age and stuff and get bigger and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. Though that makes sense. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, you're probably right. She'd, she'd taken the scan. So they were going to have a normal human baby as well. They'd have it but like, this is also then kind of their baby. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't work out. No. So then John was like, plan. oh, you were my baby. Oh, Ooh, my child all along. Oh, oh God. No. Oh, Christ. The implications. I didn't think it was interesting where when you, when you see the, like, nomad, we go inside and there's all, they're growing all those crops. And then we see they're doing. Why are they, why are they doing that? I think they're just doing weird experiments because yeah, they're wearing, they're, they're wearing suits, like, masks. I'm like, are they, they're. I think they're making biological weapons in there. Oh, you think so? I think like we're meant to imply that like they're doing, they're not just fighting the war. They're like making a bunch of fuck shit. That in would here. make sense because why would they just be growing normal plants? Yeah, wait, it's like what the fuck? Yeah, we just got corn like, in there. We got like a greenhouse up here. What the fuck's that for? <laughs> Sometimes we grow tomatoes with yeah, the weird sense. artificial gravity, and then they have the AI research. So obviously, the U.S. government is shockingly in the future d- <laughs> ignoring American law, yeah, and doing research they shouldn't be doing. Uh, maybe they're developing stuff to like defeat ai like more other weapons they still use it because we see the the bombs even those apparently have enough ai to be like tracking taken advantage of surely that should you don't even need that much (laughs) why would you because they're like you a bomb go run over there and it blow up and he's like all right (laughs) it's been a pleasure (laughs) (laughs) which is fun i like those guys and at first he doesn't want to do it like, yeah, the one has to be like kind of nudged, <laughs> like it's like actually, which is it seems like the exact reason why you wouldn't give them any modicum of intelligence because they think again, die. I can I can tell Siri what to do. She's not really alive, like like you said, a Roomba. Just make that thing have a Roomba level of yeah. like, hey, go there, and then it would just run over there and explode. Why is it even like okay, like a person? I guess I need to talk. Yeah, for the same with you, ma'am. <laughs> Does that mean they're like all hanging out? They're like, all right. Numbers four and five they knew each other. Yeah, they like had families. <laughs> we're on like on essentially death row. Uh, that's very. That's again. We're probably thinking a little too, too hard about it. But more than Rogue One director Savior Star Wars did, but you know. But that's our that's our prerogative, isn't it? If we didn't, we wouldn't have a show. Just wait till we get to Wheel of Time. <laughs> was there anything else? I, was gonna, I feel like I had one other thing I wanted. To, I don't know. Overall, what you you in favor of the AI then? Yeah. Would you fight for their freedom? Oh no 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 no. <laughs> oh, I one thing I did think was interesting 
is that everyone's kept, they just rebuilt Los Angeles is a little bit away from the bomb site. <laughs> they built that big wall around well, it. Didn't, I mean, Los Angeles is huge. So I don't That's even true. think a nuke would like decimate level it, all. it all. But Maybe I just it would though. I mean, modern nukes are way bigger than they used to be. And this is a future nuke. This is a 2050 nuke. Yeah, which it was funny thinking about because like, what did you? Oh, that is something I did want. You can think that about. general when he's talking, he's like, "It's 2060, and we're gonna fight the AI." I'm like, "That guy was born like when we were born. Like he's as old as we. We would be that old at that point in time." <laughs> That's a good point. We would. We'd Guys be our age. fifty years old when Damn, L.A. was bombed. That's crazy. Yeah, right. We gotta keep our eyes out for that. Sci-fi is. It, I'm like, oh, I'm not the point now. We're like sci-fi is not like aha they thought t- 2002 was going to be fun and cool but actually yeah. i lived through it now it's like i'll maybe be alive when this happens i'll just say what did you think about that that like when count ken watanabe is like actually the nuke wasn't even us it was just encoding it was a human error like i guess we're just meant to take him on his word for that but it's also like again that's never expanded upon yeah i don't i i wish there was more like there was a twist that they did on purpose to, like they they, sure, yeah. they did a bush to 911 maybe but instead for him to just be like that was just a mistake you guys made and then blamed it on us and it's not even our fault. And you're like, oh, I guess Ken Watanabe wouldn't have any reason to lie well, about that, but he obviously would. Very like, much so. <laughs> so. Well, he, he makes Johnny Washington betray the U.S. government for that. That's the reason he does it. Exactly. And so it's like, why? yeah, I don't know. Because it seems like a pretty good reason. But you're right, that's never really expanded upon what what what, what was happening there. It's feel like it's big in the trailer. It's like the, the AI we protected, we created to protect us. Destroyed, destroyed it. blew up a nuke but then yeah so i don't know if that was the case like yeah that'd be a pretty good reason to be upset maybe look into things yeah <laughs> like man this is ai no good we should be a little concerned maybe is it alive like when he gets all those robots when he's like an excavator like a yeah and he finds one that's freaking out and the lady's like oh my god he's like just turn it off and she's like having it's tough because you crisis. can just, you can make a robot be emotional <laughs> or, or affect emotion yeah it's so it's very strange it's really hard to wrap your head around these kind. I mean, that's why that's what sci-fi is for. That's what I. Oh, this was the last thing I wanted to mention. This, we, I felt there was some strange editing decisions in this, in this movie film. throughout. Um, there was lots of scenes that I think just kind of abruptly changed to a new scene where time or place or circumstances have changed in a significant enough way, but it's not conveyed enough until you're kind of like you have to put it together yourself, like a bit into the scene. And maybe that's intentional, and like I don't want to come across like a big dumbhead. <laughs> You'd be like, "Ooh, why can't they spell more things out to me?" But even some, sometimes there's just scenes where it's like you have to put two and two together. And I'm not saying I'm incapable of doing it, but it's at times it's like, well, it takes me like whatever those three extra seconds to be like, "Wait, what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And now you've missed like the opening bit of dialogue or whatever. I don't know. There's just a couple things. Like there's the part where after the the attack on the big village settlement thing, they've gotten the one. Uh, female uh, replicant thing. What are they called? Simulants. Sims. Who is like, who was Ken Watanabe's friend, right? Mm-hmm. And the colonel has gotten her and they're like interrogating her. They've taken her eyes out, right? It just, that that abrupt, that cuts like so abruptly from like, yeah, it does. they're getting on the boat, they're leaving and she's like, I'm going to stay here and fight and then we cut and I'm like, wait, is that, is that her? Is it the same one? What's happening I thought it was something, someone different. Yeah, I was like, this is a completely different time and place. What is happening here? And then you're like, and then you put, again, you put it together, but it's like, oh, we're already into it. I don't know. I thought the same way when they're in the city. And then all of a sudden, like, he's on a train, like, looking at his wife. I was like, wait, what's, Sometimes what's, it cuts it? to a, it'll cut to a, does it once or twice where he'll be doing something and then it'll cut and do a montage. And I'm like, is he, is this like a dream? It does that same thing with the, um, when he gets the, gets the car. Yeah. It's like, hey, give me your car. I have a gun. But it just kind of like, it. wait, is this, what's, ha- what's happening? What mm-hmm. are we, I don't know. There's just a few, and maybe those are intentional. 
but I, I don't know. They take they came across a bit strange to me at times. Where I'm like, wait, what's what's going on exactly? Yeah, I, just, I don't know. It's just a bit a bit abrupt. Is is really all like uh, how I would put it? I guess. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not like I ever was so totally lost. Even at the end, when like all of a sudden it's just like, and we're in L.A. It's been yeah, several yeah. days. I was like, wait, wow, okay, okay, all right. Again, you can like get there. It's just it feels like it. It's more disorienting than it needs to be mm. like why are the again maybe it's intentional maybe it's like this movie was longer and they cut and it he's really needed and they made him trim it a bit um but uh, or, or like when they go to the airport he like they escape the car and then they're at like they're at yeah. the airport they're again, about to leave yeah there's like lots of little i'm just like oh okay we're here we're, we're here now let's figure it out so um oh the, the last last thing i wanted to mention do you know how much this movie cost i don't know specifically but i i saw an article being like how to make how to make uh Movie on less of a budget. Yeah. Sorry, I ruined your big reveal. It was. That's fine. That's quite all right. It was eighty million. Was all eighty million? And it's a gr- it's a big. This is a big sci-fi. They make the big good-looking movie. There's a big thing in the sky. All the robots look good. I mean, you gotta f- imagine, right? Every time a simulant is on screen, that's a person. It's mm. just a human actor, of course. They they didn't actually build AI, but <laughs> just for CGIing out those thing in their the back of their heads all the robots are cgi the big I'm bulky sure. head of the robots yeah all the all the full-on robots are cgi to a greater or lesser extent the big tanks and the and the, yeah the orion or not the orion the nomad, nomad. all the little planes and ships and shit that's all just got to be mostly cg um but it looks great yeah 80 million dude only 80 can you million? like for, for almost the same price i can get a haunting in venice directed by kenneth branner with tina fey and michelle yo i can get one david washington john david washington jr uh, what's it called? Sci-fi movie? Yeah, I guess so. Incredible. It, it, it looks good for that, right? I think. I would have guessed. I would have guessed it was a hundred million dollars at least. I would have thought like it wouldn't surprise me for two. I don't know. It's just gotten so crazy Con- lately yeah. that it's, it's it's impossible to even like guess. You'd never be able to guess anymore. No, it's gone so fucking topsy turvy. So it's Mad World out here, Jack. It's a mad, mad world. Oh, Brave New World. <laughs> Fucking, you know, Mission Impossible 7 costs $300 million. So who could who could even know anything? I hope they never make an eighth one. How much do you think Rebel Moon costs? Oh, I don't even want to think about that movie. Um, you got to think about it. It's coming. It's like this Christmas. Yeah, no, 20, it's so... Oh, I, yeah, the 22nd. I, you didn't know it was this year? No. I didn't know I remember it. being like, ooh, like... Because there's people making, or like joking or whatever that like the, these are our two Star Wars movies for the year. <laughs> the creator and Rebel Moon. Neither of which are actual. Okay, Rebel it? Moon is supposed to rival Star Wars. He's going to make his own universe with it. Yeah, because he was like, can I make a Star Wars movie? But like, what if it was edgy and cool? And they're like, we'd rather not Zack Snyder. He's like, fuck you guys. I don't want Star Wars anyways. I don't like it. I'm going to make one where Anthony Hopkins plays a robot with antlers. How much is Rebel Moon? Lay it on. 166. So double. Double this? Over double. I guess it's not. Well, at, at least at this point, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. I I, I know we will, but I'm not gonna have it like it. I wonder, like, I, I oh, I'm yeah, I'm just curious, like, will it look better or worse? And I don't know. I have a guess. It's Zack Snyder, so. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, yes, we talk about like the robots and the tanks and stuff, but I also think that one of one of this movie's benefits is that it it isn't entirely sci-fi. Again, like, I think the grounding of it, while makes for interesting and like compelling, you know world i also think that works in its favor right because mm-hmm. instead of having to make everything from scratch it's like well they're we just, in the jungle yeah we just shoot on location we shoot with like i'm sure a lot of those robots are people wearing those clothes and then you, you put all the dots on them yeah after the fact you make them into robots and i think that probably all works works to their benefit oh, for sure i think i made a good bit of money i know it was beaten up i saw 10 saw x how was it has really been dominating the, the box roll 
cut into it. So, yeah, well, there's a lot of people going to when I went to see it. I went to see it really early in the morning, like a ten fifteen showing, and there was nobody else in my theater. I went to see good. it after work, but like early in the after, like three fifty. There was also like no one there. When I bought my ticket the day before, I was the only person who had got one. Now three fifty is like an early movie time, but yeah. But everyone when I got the a couple people in line ahead of me, and they all went to see Saw. I was like, man, people love waking up and going to see Saw immediately. I saw like a, oh, Saw popular. It's got ten of them. Did the last one do any good? The one that was Jigsaw. Is that what it was called? I think it was called Jigsaw or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the one that had Chris Rock, right? Yes, I think. I don't know if I. I guess I heard this one's pretty good. One of the better ones. Well, good for them. God bless them. I was just trying to find the Zack Snyder Star Wars quote. Oh, I'm sure it's probably insane, like his Batman quote. He or, literally said something like very similar to like, well, and I didn't even really want them anyways. It's like, he wasn't invited to the party you want to go to. Oh, his wife said, I never wanted it to be a Star Wars movie because your hands are tied to the IP. I was happy it fell apart. <laughs> Jesus. What a loser. He makes millions of dollars. Like I said, he said something very similar to like, oh, actually, I didn't even really want it to be a Star Wars <laughs> Because I was like, oh, I'm going to make them all swear. Can I make them all swear? <laughs> I'm just, I'm putting words to the problem now. But it was, I mean, honestly, probably pretty close. Probably want to make them fill jars with piss or something. <laughs> called Granny's PhD. Which is a scene I don't even hate. I think that's, a, I didn't mind that scene when I watched it. But it's just fun to make fun of him for everything he's ever I mean, done. it's just weird to be in there. Well, yeah, I can't, I can never deny you that. Oh, oh, the whole Jesse Eisenberg Lex with the thing was an odd thing to have in there. Oh, here it is. Sex Snyder, Star Wars page, new characters are rating. <laughs> Yeah, so his original concept for Rebel Moon was a Star Wars movie. Oh, this was... I think we talked about this actually in the show. He says it was going to be Seven Samurai in space. <laughs> Revolutionary, Jack. Who could imagine such a thing? Oh, I have an idea. Could you? I know three people who could imagine them. And they're John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Kathleen fucking Kennedy. Fuck, we'll add a four. George Lucas. Holy shit. <laughs> it's just such a funny thing. To someone who's actually... Yeah, to, to, to us who have, like, you know, consumed so much of the... Star Wars media out there to be like, <laughs> guys, I've got it. <laughs> Let's do seven samurai. We're do, okay, well, I have an idea. I'm gonna have one guy. He's gonna get. He's gonna help. A, it's a village under siege. <laughs> I have to have to a small group to band together, put aside their differences, and rise up. And they're all kind of samurai. Jeez. So he says there was a um it, the sale of Lucasfilm had just happened. There was that window there. You know who knows what's possible. I was like, I don't want any of your characters. I don't want to do anything with any other characters. I just want to do my own thing on the side. And originally, I was like, it should be rated R. <laughs> Also, with like, what a nothing pitch. It's not a pitch. Maybe they were like, guys, listen, I want to make a Star Wars movie that doesn't have any Star Wars characters. It should be rated R. It's going to be my own thing on the side, unconnected to anything else. Also, Seven Samurai. Is that something I could. Andrew's doing? And they go, they're like, we're enough to pass. Get the fuck out of my office. I wonder if Rebel Moon is going to be like Seven Samurai. It definitely is. Ah, incredible. Uh, Anyways, in that movie? Yeah, he is. Well, I mean, I liked him. Maybe he'll be fine in it. So is, um, what's her name? Wouldn't that be the third Digimon Hansu movie we've seen? Or one that he's in, at least. This year? On the show or this year? This year. Yeah. Yeah. Then the fourth, if you count me watching Shazam for the first time, but I won't. <laughs> I, I don't think we should. We will. I just said we won't. I just said I won't. Good. No, that's fine. You guys in everything. <laughs> he's prolific. Anything else? Uh, no, no. We should be, we should be done for. All right. Yeah, we gotta move on. All right, well, I could tech out of this into... What do you want to do next? I don't know, whatever show you it's tickling your fancy. Let's get Wheel of Time over with, huh? The Wheel of Time turns, Jack. And boy, do those ages go and pass. And, uh, man, I wish this would pass a little bit faster here. Because I'm tired of this. But don't worry. If you're not intrepid listeners, we're almost done with the books. I know it's taken us way longer. Mostly my fault. All my fault. 
for us to get through these. It's been a you go why well, Akatech J and Z. It's been a, it's been a year since you talked about ten eleven and New Spring, and I go yes. Yeah, we got for those. Yeah, that's true. Actually, it's been a very long time. It's been it'll, by the time. Is it really? Do we get through the first twelve in like a year and a half? We got through. We were about a year. Through. I took that year off because I yeah, was graduating it was, Yeah, it was like a year. Yeah, I guess we got through the first twelve. That's pretty good. It's not too bad. See, really, am I doing that? Because last year, yeah, last like September, right? Mm-hmm. We started in August of twenty one. That's pretty good. That's, that's not so bad. Not so bad. And that time, George R. R. Martin has still not finished his. Yeah, so so we'll focus on that maybe. <laughs> that is that is something though, isn't it, Jack? We finished the first three in or the first twelve in one year, and then the last three in, in like another. another basically, <laughs> that's okay. Don't worry about it. Anyways, um, yeah, the much worse show. It's tough. It actually makes it hard to even harder to watch this show. If I was one of those people like who was who had like if we had half remembered, I'd like oh yeah, you know I re- I read those books. I read them like a year back, two years back, or whatever years ago. A lot of people, actually, is what I should say. Is people who are like, you know, if, if I was one of those people who hadn't even, like, rewatched it, or, or sorry, reread them since A Memory of Light came out, right? Like, oh, yeah, back in 2013 when it came out, I read it, and I haven't I haven't revisited it yet. I haven't even thought about it. Maybe you could enjoy this show, but for us, it's like we're, we're reading them at the same time. It also kind of confuses me at times, because I can't, I, even watching the show, I'm like, wait, is that, is this, um you know, canon to the show or not? I can't remember, you know? Yeah. But God, it's just not very good. No, no. I think I've said that about fifty times this year talking about this show. Fifty times, probably last episode. Sure. Oh wow, a do at forty minutes in the episode. Absolutely. Do we have any summertime one left? Ooh, I'll have a voltage. I haven't had a voltage in a long time. All right, we're gonna should we crack them on mic and make everyone leave? We'll get it at the same time because it won't it won't work otherwise. I'm gonna stall for you. I'm gonna vamp. Uh, so the books are, we're going to do the book soon, probably the next uh, two weeks, three weeks, within the, within October, we're going to talk about the books. So if you're really waiting to read along with us, let's hope you're finishing Memory of Light right now. Oh, I don't think anyone listens to that segment. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever read, listened to the show who's ever read a single, like who's even, no, no, no. Unless somehow Brandon's name is the secret listener. We don't get in the mic. Oh, let's stop doing that. Three, two, one. Glorious. <sighs> <sighs> I just really want to get that sound bite in. So when Jeff gets through the clips, he'll put that one in. That'll be the first one. So, man. So we start. We open this show with a with a flashback. So it's Solan Sanche and Moraine. Um. So this is more explicit than I would say even the stuff in season one was. That they're like just a full on like couple. We're like in love with each other, which is fine. Uh, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Um. <laughs> That part doesn't bother me. Almost everything else about it's weird. Um, you know what's weird about this to me is that I feel like it presents them as they're like, I, they're all like, oh look at we're young and in love, and they're presented as I don't know, like like literally like starstruck like or starcross like, t- kind of like teenagers, right? Am I am I crazy for like getting that impression? No, is I, that how you? I think it's exactly what it's meant to be. Okay, talking about meeting each other's family, but you'll know her sister's eighty years old. They're like fifty years old in this scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, her sister's like fifty. <laughs> so when it's like, oh, you got to meet my dad, my my elderly father, like on death's door, surely, surely. No, it's it's like they were they remembered New Spring existed when they wrote this episode because if they if they just cut this stupid plot line, this scene, perfectly fine scene. We could actually believe that they were twenty. Yeah, even even if though we didn't already have this whole subplot this season about how Moraine's family is old. So this, in, do, in, 
So this deals with a lot. This gets into a and number of, of issues. Let's go up a little one step higher. Her nephew mentions the fact that she hasn't seen him in two decades, which means this might take place bef- like after the last time she saw her nephew. Mm-hmm. Why? But anyway, go on. Oh, put that back on. I don't want to see that. Put that away. Let's get let's hide yourself from me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so weird. Horrible. Like you said, so yeah, they're like the IEL war is over. Ooh, we did Which it. Which is fine. Yeah, like you said, this is exactly like New Spring, New Spring stuff. Okay, cool. So it, and so they this introduces the idea where they're like we're gonna like retire. Which is like a, get a, new, a new idea. Yeah, we're going to retire and get married. And, and go, like, they're talking about like multiple phases of their life here, right? Like, we're going to be I um, Sedai and we're going to get old, but then we're going to retire from that and go and be an advisor to some monarch somewhere, which is a thing I Sedai often do. Fine. Yeah. And then after that, then we'll get to like just retire to a fishing dock or whatever, a fishing hut thing. And, and that's where we're just going to be chill. I, what, what? What do you mean by that? Why would you do that? Now, presumably in this, they're already both blue Aja. Yeah. Because they're both wearing blue. I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm taking that to mean. It's got to be. If it's not that, what could it be? And the, this show's not very subtle with the Aes Sedai and their, their colored. Um, so if that's the case, like, they've already picked a, a Aja. mission in life. What is it? To get married. I mean, again, this sets <laughs> to each other. It's a pretty good mission. The problem with this is that they've, again, they've offset everything, right? In the book, they don't choose until after this very uh, notable event here happens. Um, which, so, so they get in here and we have Jatara Moroso, or is that her name? Something like that. What does it say? I think her name's like Jatara Moroso. Her eyes are all fucked for some reason. She's Either because she's old or because she can see the future. Yeah, Jatara said I. Jatara, whatever. Um, she's like, we're bringing news from the Amarlin. That's weird. That's a very weird. I mean, it's a it's a very clunky like way to have this scene happen. <laughs> but she has her foretelling, which this is very much from the book, where she says the dragon's born. His voice he's is like thunder. He's yeah. He's born on the. St- well, she doesn't actually say he's born on the slopes, slope of Dragon Mount. Or he draws his first breath on the slopes of Dragon Mount. His voice is like the thunder. His cries are like the lightning, or whatever the fuck he says. He's here, right? We'll gnash our teeth and weep, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. And this explains why Swan and Moraine have this mission to find the dragon reborn right again it's just it just it just creates weird though it, it almost raises more questions than it answers for me it's like i keep saying this show is is masterful at doing that of mm-hmm. just like making things weird just doing just enough that just enough to like confuse me that it rec- that you can recognize what it wants to do but it's grotesque and horrible yeah so what does she say she says we're not going to be here forever we're going to serve our our time Serve out what time? Like she makes in it prison. out like there's like a yeah, like there's a sentence. Like But they're so lax in the tower, you can just leave whenever you want. Yeah. This show seems like you can do whatever the fuck you, you can go just live on your farm with your with your warders and your family if you want. If you're Alana, I guess. Who gives a shit? Alana's warders. Nobody. I don't like them. They're too they're too uppity. They're way too like shit. like I said it with the Aes Sedai, and I don't know if I mentioned it specifically with the warders, but like yeah, the Aes Sedai in the books, they're supposed to be more like composed. Yeah, you're never supposed to show emotion. That's the whole point. In this show, they're all just like doing whatever they want. You can be weird, you can be drunk, you can be horny. No one cares. No one slaps you even a little bit. And the same with the warders. They're supposed to be like very like scary serious and stoic and scary. They all have like stone faces. They were they were color shifting cloaks and they they're the greatest warriors ever. But in this show, it's just like, look at me. I'm a bit of a fancy boy. 
I get, I'm gonna talk back to the acid eye and say what I want to them. I'm we're all bisexual. Have you have you gathered that? We're eating hot chips. We're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, so this is fine. Um, as an opening scene again, despite all the weird questions it asks, and it's like, why you, do you need to get married? Is that like a, like you you're worried about that? Like instead of living your life like to this cause, you're servants of all. I mean, you're servants of all. That's your that's your thing here. Yeah, that's like the whole point. That's what the name means. But you're like. Man, I really just want the two of us to just like have a simple life, just doing nothing. Really, that would make you happy. Of all unlikely. things, that's it. Seems yeah. unlikely. The way that I know their characters from the books, but I guess I've read the books. Matters. I know. So then, then we're meeting in the present day. We're cut to the present day, and they're meeting, and they're like, "What, what are you doing, changed? Marine? You didn't even tell me you got stilled." Um, and she's like, Pfft. "Don't worry about it." We have the meeting with. Well, this is actually a decent part. It was a part where Rand and Land meet, and Land tells him how to like what he's supposed to do. I do like this. I like this part quite a bit in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite the same tone. Rand's a little bit more like angsty about it. He's not as in the book. He's more uh, like wide-eyed and he's a bit ner- innocent. Yeah, he's a bit nervous and innocent. And he, and lands like, let me tell you what to do. This will be good. Whereas in this, it's a bit more confrontational. But whatever. Lan is like <laughs> again. It just shows goes to show all the differences, right? Because Lan like observes his sword form. He's like, ah, you've been learning. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess you would have never taught him. Yeah, you never taught him. You didn't teach him in this in the show. That's that's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it sucks because in the books right now, Lan remarks like, oh yeah, when Rand was my student, it's like, man, what you really hate reading and watching, huh? They've ruined everything. Um, but we get some callouts. Hair it, dips a wing. Cat they, cross of the courtyard. They say all the sword names, which I hate and you love. So. I think it's fun. I don't know why you have a problem with it. I, they're too silly. <laughs> they're not. Cat cross of the courtyard. That's 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 like cat walking across the courtyard. You get it? That one is one of the worst, in my opinion. But there's another one. There's like there's a lot of dude. I mean, if we're gonna name it, low hanging apple. That I don't like that Leopard's one. Leopard's caress. The two weird ones are fine. Storm of light. I think is one of them. That's maybe that's all right. Reaping the barley. Threading the needle. Some of them are better than others. Cat cross the courtyard, too much. Threading the needle, it, it invokes a certain image in a sword fight, and mm-hmm. I think that gets across. Reaping the barley, maybe. The bull rushes downhill or whatever. There's a <laughs> fucking million of them. Guy returns his <laughs> overdue books to the library. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most deadly of them all. Something panther, I bet. Yeah, something. Tiger kisses you on the cheek. Anyway, this show. Um, you know, Rand is the thing where he has a bunch of like old old-timey old to the armalin and he's she's like man told you all this didn't he and he's like yeah maybe you did well, i mentioned it last week i think right or did i mention it on the show or did we just talk about it on the show you mentioned it where he does have one of my favorite lines from the whole series actually which is there's one rule above all others for being a man whatever comes you face it on your feet which i do like i like that fantasy usually um often i, sh- I would say at least has is known for like having like i think wholesome depictions of masculinity and mm-hmm. stuff right yeah like, Lord of the Rings is famous for that. I think Brandon Sanderson's books do a good job, and I think The Wheel of Time does too, which is like, yeah, you know, there is like a, oh, we're doing much of war and being fighting and stuff. But there is an undercurrent of like, a little bit more to it than that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, duty, and you're doing it because you have to. And it's not things. like toxic. Like, it's, again, like Aragorn and stuff in Lord of the Rings is, is used as like a really good example of like untoxic masculinity because he's like, he weeps, you know, he sings songs. Yeah, he's like a soldier, and he's like the, the best warrior ever, but he also like cries for his friends and is like, yeah, like um, affectionate with his friends and he sings and stuff. Yeah, all that. So I think that's kind of, I, I think that plays into that idea because it's not like to be a man, you got to punch a man and you got to kick a dude and you got to cut a man's arm off. off. <laughs> you got to fuck a lot of women and eat steak, steak, drink eat beer. steak and stab anyone who uh, annoys you. But it's just like, no, the only rule is just you got to like, you just got to feast. And it's not even like literal, right? It just means like you got to be, you know, 
He'll be ready. Yeah, he'll be ready, yeah. We do a fun scene where Matt gets uh, knocked out and then teleport across the world. Loved that. So the whole thing was that we had to bring him to Kyrian just so we could bring him to Falm. Why? How? What mechanism? Because I have to get Matt here. I hate this. I hate everything about Matt here. Um, And this really, really confirmed for me that they just have no clue what they're doing with him for some reason. Um, Literally one of the very main characters of the whole series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, up there in the whole series in terms of like importance, importance, um, you know, whatever you call it, screen time, for lack of a better word. Like they just, and we're two seasons deep and they've done like almost none of his anything, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing. He, he's unrecognizable practically from the book. The only thing is that he likes to drink and, and dice. Gamble, but he's bad at gambling. Well, he's bad at it. So, so who needs a luck magic? I, I, dude, I, I don't get it. I don't get it even a little. I yeah, I don't know what is meant to be done because everyone else gets their broad strokes. Yeah, like we said, right? We nitpick this show a lot. I think I think it's fair to say that we we do nitpick it quite a bit, even beyond like the big problems because we <laughs> because there is big problems, so we feel we don't feel as bad about yeah. picking apart the tiny things. But this is one where, it, but, but yeah, like you said, right? Everyone else does get their broad strokes more or less. Mm-hmm. Like it, I mean, the, I think the girls get a little bit better than the guys. They get more nitty gritty, but like. Yeah, you know, Egwene is captured by the Shanchan. Nynaeve can't really channel. You're right. Elaine is all haughty. Rand is the dragon. Good then fuck that one up. Yeah. Yeah, actually that's a good point. The three girls so far are sticking really close to the first two books. Mm-hmm. The yeah, the boys less less so. Yeah, and then Perrin gets he gets wolf. They am a wife. They never let you forget he has a wife, because if they let you forget, you'll never remember. Because <laughs> who why? Couldn't let Brando let you let you do that one? Even he's like, I don't want to do that one. And yeah, so Kind of like with Perrin, where they've made that one of his defining characteristics is his dead wife, which is a thing that wasn't in the books at all. Yeah. Um, at least he still has his wolf stuff and whatever. With Matt, they've made one of his defining characteristics his relationship with his father, mm-hmm. which again, completely fabricated. Like, it's just, I don't know how else to even say it. It's just kind of, if you really start to think about it, it's just baffling, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've taken... They've made, again, his defining characteristic, something that is completely absent from the book. They've just, like, from whole cloth, been like, this is what we, this is Matt's thing. Yeah, he has to, go, but it's not, they don't address it enough. At least this season, like, they don't, what is he, I don't know what his thing is. It's like nothing, he hasn't done anything. Like, I, I was joking before we started here, but I think it's honestly mostly true. Is for, like, four episodes running now, he's had less screen time than, like, Maureen's, like, nephew. Yeah. We get it's more bizarre. Like, why? He needs to be doing something. And he has he has done nothing. He has had no agency all season long, right? Yeah. This seems kind of like the point that he's at in the story seems more in line with what he did in like the third book, which is very much defined by Matt having agency for the first time in the series, right? Mm-hmm. The first two books, you get no Matt POVs. He honestly feels almost like a secondary character or something to an extent. It's a bit weird, right? Compared to Perrin and Matt, or Perrin and Rand, who, who do. You're like, you don't get a lot out of him. Because he gets possessed by the dagger almost immediately. Right. And that sticks with him. And this, though, they kind of resolve that more, somehow more quickly than in the book, but then also do nothing with him. Whereas, again, in in the book, that is when Matt comes into his own. He becomes a real character for the first time, and you, you see what makes him tick. And I was like, oh, this is Matt's thing, right? It was that book where I was like, oh, this is like my guy, right? Yeah. So he's doing that, but... Again, whereas his plotline in The Dragon Reborn, the book, is defined by him having agency for the first time, this season, he has zero agency. 
He was tr- he was literally locked in a dungeon to start, and then he just kind of got let out. But then it was just to be manipulated by men, and now he's been like just literally bludgeoned over the head and, and dragged to Falma by Landfear. And when he gets here, he takes some tea that tells shows you his past your past lives. What the fuck is that? Shamael's like you've forgotten lots of stuff, but not just technology, also tea. This tea will show you your past lives. What the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> And at first I was like, okay, this is completely made up for this, but I, I thought it was going to be used to good ends, and I was like, fine, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm willing to swallow this pill. But, but then you realize that that was a foolish thing, because it's the show, they're not going to use it well. It's just nothing. It's like, he just has a sad dream about, like... Killing people? Or, or hallucinations about, like, yeah, that he's going to be like his dad, who's an abusive asshole. And his mom's like, you're like him. You're like him. You're and like then he's him. holding and himself. And him, and then he's himself, and then Ishamayo's like, wouldn't you rather just die, Matt? And he's like, I think I would. What? Yeah. What, what the fuck, Jack? I, I mean, what the fuck? I Why are they doing this to Matt? I didn't understand that at all, truthfully. Because he says, like, don't. you've always wondered who you really are. And I was like, oh, is it going to be like... Because in the books, the dagger, like, fucking makes his brain Swiss cheese. So he can't remember anything. Yeah. So he goes to find these weird elf people, these weird fox people from another planet. The books are wild. Um, We'll get into that when we talk about them. And then they, they do some magic bullshit, and they give him a bunch of memories of, like, all these... Of all the ge- all the best generals who have ever lived, except for Arthur Hawkwing, notably, um, which is I find interesting. Uh, and so Matt, instead of remembering his own life, remembers like all the every battle, every great battle has ever been fought. So he's like the greatest general who has ever lived because he's lived quote unquote them. So from if you read the books, you'd go, oh okay, they're kind of doing this now where they're taking out the weird fox people, which that's fine. The fox people would be wild at this point because they're wild in the books. They, it's true. They stand out a lot in the books, but I think I can swallow it more because it's a book. If mm-hmm. they walked through a portal and there was like a half man, half fox creature, I'd be like, well, what are we even doing at this point? What's happening? So yeah, we we thought, okay, he's gonna his past lives are going to be this. The generals. All these different great generals who lived in the past, and Matt is going to have a bunch of memories of war and be he's going to become the son of battles. And that's going to be his thing here, right? He's going to learn that his destiny is to is to be a, a leader of men. Except he doesn't. <laughs> he just looks in a mirror and there's like eight people who show up. And Ashamuel's like, don't you want to kill yourself? And he's like, I guess I do. Well, I just, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck? I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't even know where to start with that. It, what is his narrative purpose? He's only at Falma because they need everybody at Falma. It's, again, it's like they really just have, I, does the showrunner not like Matt? They did you not like how Matt was in the books? They, did, did, he, did he not realize that Matt's character has contradictions and just thought he was a weird, like, playboy drinker? Maybe. Because since page one, Matt has just been a completely different guy. And we said it at the time, like, very first episode, I'm like, does he have to be, like, have, a have like, an abusive alcohol, alcoholic drunk dad? And, instead of, like, and, again, his dad is, like, one of the pillars of their community in the books. And it's like, He's just a good guy. Constant references, like... The best fighter. Yeah, he was really good at uh, fighting with quarterstaff. He was really good at archery. And he's a good horse trader. He was a good horse trader. That was his job. He had a good upstanding job that supported his family. And Matt's sisters were like older in the books and they were all just fine. He just had a normal family. He was a bit of a troublemaker, but that's fine. He was just like a bit of a prankster kind of kid. No. Nope. I guess not. He desperately wants to get back to his family, which he should do. But then he's now he's, he's completely left that. They, Again, well, they changed actors. They're trying to change it's actors. It's so hard to say how much of it is because of that. And so I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt to an extent. But then again, everything they did before that didn't really make sense either. So 
I'm, I can't say that everything that they're doing afterwards that doesn't make sense is because of that and not just because of anything Bad else. writing. So, so I just can't even fathom where we're going with him and what he's going to do. Stab Rand still, I guess, it's probably. He's got to stab Rand. He's got to. I mean, Min saw it, so it's supposed to happen. Where'd Min go? I guess she's still just in Kyrian. Who fucking knows? Who cares? What else happens? Uh, so, um, do, uh, uh, Nynaeve and, and Egwene... No, not even Elaine are in Falma still, and the Aes Sedai's been captured, but so they've got that Idom, and they're like, how do we get Nynaeve, or Egwene, Jesus, you get him. Yeah. Egwene is being tested, and they're like, we're going to go out and do a little show for some reason to show how good we all are. And yeah, test our power. She's the best one, which makes sense. This is all, I was fine enough with this. Yeah. Everyone um, like shocked, because you can they can feel it from across the city. Mm-hmm. Again, Egwene's stuff in this book has been, or in this season has been fine. This is all pretty much on. On target. Yeah, we get a, for what I want to see. We get a nice scene afterwards where like her Suldan was giving her uh, like a, well, the cat wakes up. I'm like the cat. Oh my god, that cat's important to the last battle. Um, but no, uh, she gives like a sponge bath and she's like obviously trying to treat it going like a a pet to be like oh well, Gwen's gonna be great. And I really like the scene where she's like she has her name. She's like really nice. She's like I'm gonna kill you. And it's very funny because that doesn't cause the Adam uh, Adam to like trigger. So it's not like that malicious so she's saying it very calmly in a way that like she that it, the magic's like well no it's fine she's not actually gonna she's not she didn't feel like you know murderous intent or something because that's i mean maybe they took that out for the show i don't know i think you can maybe you can think it without i thought because you have to try don't you i mean don't you have to attempt to like do something physically but I, I thought she thought about it and then she couldn't touch the picture like she thought about yeah i thought it was only i thought it was always also negative like you couldn't the picture is because she was going to kill her with the picture and right. those, so then she can't pick up the picture anymore until she like convinces herself she's not gonna try to hurt her with it but you can just say like i'm gonna kill you in the abstract kind uh, of way i guess i guess i didn't i said i thought it was just like you can't be super violent and that's why they pacify them that's why it works so well rena's a cool character she's she's one of the ones who also like comes up books books and books down the road mm-hmm. and has a role to play which i think i mentioned that last week but um so yeah that that stuff's all good Egwene. Or nope, not a queen. Again, <laughs> Elaine and Nynaeve see Loyal, and he kind of gives her the lowdown. They're like, all right, we're going to break you all out. We're going to set our plan into motion. This is more or less, again, also what happens in the in the books. Mm. I don't have a big problem with this. Yeah, they get a Suldam. They really, the, the big difference is that, um, what's her name? Rhina? Is that the I said I from last week? Whatever her name yeah. is. In the book, that happens before they arrive. They don't witness it. But overall, the, the stuff in Falma with the girls has been fine so far, I think. I really do not have a ton of notes in terms of of that and a big part of it is also i do have a note about this he's not fucking whittling he's just dragging like the back of a knife across a piece of wood he's he's not even but no he's not cutting it he's look at he's got the knife flipped the wrong way he's just kind of like dragging it for for screen he's doing stage whittling (laughs) yeah Yeah. well you know he lost a bunch of stuff when he was in sealed away they don't know about whittling that was lost to them in the breaking Uh, but yeah that I, i and again because a big part of this Part of the story is that Egwene is learning things and getting better, mm-hmm. even though it's bad stuff and it's like violence and it's it's how to be a weapon. She is learning things. That's a big part of it. I thought they were gonna say something in this episode because you know, given that next week is the finale, <laughs> about um where they're gonna be like Egwene, you're so powerful and strong. Um, because they haven't shown her do- being able to do the thing where she finds ore, yeah, which is her big defining thing in the book. But I thought they were just going to say, well, you're um, desirable because you're just really powerful. Like, that would work for me. So I thought they were going to say that thing and be like, we're going to take you to Shanchan because you're so strong. 
because that's what happens in the yeah. but they don't even mention it so it's not even going to be a thing <laughs> they're just going to break her out next week presumably and it'll all be fine um and then they they do get a suldam with the collar mm. and then we're, we're probably going to get the so whole they're going to sneak on in oh my god i can see the weaves. i didn't even check i didn't do the thing where i checked but that's got to be one of the other ones yeah the ones they like try to convince yeah um which is i mean they already had one i don't know where they got i, I kind of didn't think about like where did they get a idom because that should be a those are very, very well guarded. In the book, what happens is they just see one walking. They have this like plan to get one. Yeah. So they just like wait. They like orchestrate this thing where they're just literally just a lady walking out or a, a a pair walking down the street, and they just open it and take it. Mm. Um. But that's whatever. They just uh they just already have one for whatever reason. I don't remember. Maybe they said last week and I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but so they're gonna use um her to get in and get. Where, where, is, where did that scene happen? And get it going out. I, I forgot about the. I really forgot about the nephew dark friend scene. We get to get to. Oh, <laughs> can't forget about the nephew. You'd think he was like the most fucking important person in this goddamn show. The other time they're dedicating him in sandwich making. You would think like, man, this guy must be like a multi-book main character, right? No. Oh, it is. It's Sita. All right, cool. Dope. There you go. Love that they at least use names. <laughs> Sometimes, or they just combine people. Who knows? Okay. Um, Perrin. Perrin's approaching Falma still with Avienda. They've just been walking, I guess. Who fucking knows? Was he in the last episode? I don't think so. No, he was because they... T- or, no, he wasn't. I don't think he was. I think <laughs> I said Perrin does not appear in this entire episode. <laughs> he doesn't do shit. But they're walking, and um, Perrin sees a Aiel, which is cool, which is a... That's from the book. That actually was a, another half-decent moment. And he's like, oh. He's like, you have good eyes. It's like, oh, wouldn't you like to know? Oh, wolf eyes. Wolf eyes, which is exactly a thing that's happened before in the book where someone's been like, how do you see me, Perrin? You must be good at this. She's blended in well, though, huh? It shows yeah. you what the um the Codensor... That's what it's called, right? They're close? The Codensor is supposed to do, which is, like, blend in. And this is a place that looks suspiciously like the I.O. Waste. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they meet Bane and Chiad, which is cool. These are big characters in the books. They're, well, not really big characters, but they're, they're, they're around for a while. Yeah. If only we had the, you know, the person uh, who goes along with them. If only, you know, the parent, person who's with Perrin, like, the whole book... <laughs> So much so that in this book, you got into it, they reference how loyal he is to Perrin. Mm-hmm. Perrin goes, why are you following me? He goes, nah, I like you, Perrin. They have a little moment. So, Ben and Chiad, these are also mains of the spear. Um, Avienda's spear sisters. I feel like they catch Chiad unaware here for some reason. She's like, oh, totally. Yeah, this is Bane. So, yeah, Chiad's just like, she's like, oh, you walked up behind me? That shouldn't happen. No, they should no. Whatever. Um, so, Bane and Chiad actually look like Aiel, right? Yeah. They're like more pale. They've got like, the one of them's got like freckles. They have like reddish hair, so they look like Rand, which is what they're supposed I, to look. Like. You would think Aviendo's more supposed to fall into that as well, but whatever. Let's not worry about it. They all have eyeshadow as well for some reason. You I know. noticed that more on on Bane and Chiad here. Like, why are they wearing eyeshadow? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta wear eyeshadow on the waist. But all right, they've got their spears, they've got their bows, they've got their bucklers. Look at Aviendo's pants. You see that? Do they not feel like overly detailed? Like, what's she wearing there? <laughs> yeah, I just I noticed that too. Yeah, she wearing like some like. Unclip with that. On She's wearing like Star Wars pants. <laughs> they she got like a bunch of layers and like folds to them. I don't know. They do the hand talk. That's fun. Yeah, they made hand talk. This actually is is half decent. Their books, their boots should be higher. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna nitpick, I mean, we got a nitpick. We can't say a nice thing without saying a bad thing. But um, tiny shields. Yeah, the tiny bucklers. Good stuff. Very good. Um, so. <laughs> they just kick the shit out of her. They just beat the piss out of Avienda. <laughs> she stands there. She's like, "All right, I'm ready." So this is our introduction in the show to Dail. Uh, concept of Jito, which is honor and obligation. This is what they live their whole life around. Is this system where when you do something, 
wrong. You have obligation to the people you've done it wrong to, and you need to meet that obligation through a number of different yeah. means, a lot of which does often involve physical physical punishment of some kind. Although it's not usually quite so... Well, it's not actually quite so violent as this, I guess. <laughs> I, I It's usually a little more subtle, yeah. is what I said to you, right? Mm-hmm. Just beating the shit out of your friends with your hands isn't really how it works. Yeah, it's not how we do things. But whatever. They needed to get the point across, I guess. I also think that this this is was not the best one to like explain it with. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have obligation because our sister died in battle. That, to me, is like a thing that Daiyo would actually very much take. No. Just uh-huh. as a matter of course, like, because their whole thing, and she says it, she's like, we almost wake from the dream. That's yeah. their, that's their whole thing. They don't, I do not fear death, but I, I don't know. They're like, it's, it's my fault that she died. And I think that's, that's her cousin from the book. Mm-hmm. Who um, died, who was healed. Yes. Which I think healed. is a more interesting thing that they do in the book with her, but whatever. She's just a, she's just a grave in this one. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Fine. Um, but so yeah, honor and obligation. That's, that's how they live. So yeah, whatever. I mean, they needed to get the point across. Overall, I think it was actually a pretty good scene here. Yeah. We don't know why they're here still. They, they don't actually give any reason as to, like, why there's two other Aiel and a, and a third. Third is not there, dead. Is there more? Like, is Ryuk running around with his they, fellas? Yeah, is Ruark around? Because in the book, this is... When they cross the Dragon Wall. The next... But it's the next book, Yeah, right? it's the next book, and they're much closer to the Dragon Mount. They're in tier. Exactly. They're close to the Dragon... So they're literally almost as far as you can... Actually, Falma is literally as far as you can get... From Without going to Shanchan. From the spine of the world. So I, I guess they're... I guess they are lo- still just looking for Rand, it has to be. But it's... Yeah, it's weird that they've crossed the whole world to get to him. And, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who else? Oh, okay. yeah. So then let's do... <laughs> I guess we'll do a... Oh, we can do the Rand stuff again. So... In their meeting, she's like, you suck at channeling, Rand. You haven't learned dick. It's been six months, which is kind of how we feel. Yeah. Is they, they for some reason, added in the six-month time gap between seasons, but then they didn't have anyone actually change, really, in the six months or grow or learn or much of anything. I wish had Rand work with uh, mentally mentally unwell. Yeah. With PTSD, guys. At an asylum. So she's like, look it, I'm just one eye said I, you're the dragon reborn, you should be strong as shit, look at it, I can I can get you myself. I can bop you. Which, that's interesting, that's all yeah. fair and good and stuff, I think. Yeah, it was mentioned how Rand is like a, a, a great dog to the kittens of the eye said I, even, the, even Elaine and Egwene who are very strong, kind of at their peak, aren't can't hold up to him. And she's like, well, clearly our this, this plan we had didn't work, so I'm just going to chain you up like it says in the law, and I'm just going to keep you in the White Tower? And you're going to be a weapon for us. I don't know about this. <laughs> I thought I thought what was going to happen is she was going to be like, you know what it says in the law, this, this, and this. So I'm not going to do that. But instead, she's just, just down for it. She just is, I guess. So she's just a Lida. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to be a Lida. So they'll put him in that box and beat him. <clears throat> crazy, right? Yeah. Is that not crazy? Like, she's just a Lida? Am I crazy? Like- no, she's basically Lida because it takes up the whole point of what happens in the book when she gets to pose is because she's not doing that stuff. Yeah. They, all the stuff that Elida wants her to do. She defi- Yes, she defies their law to to help him, to allow him to grow on his, his own. own. Yeah. And it gets her in trouble with the rest of the Aes Sedai. And this, she... <laughs> very, very interesting. I don't, I don't know where they're going to go with that. Um, And then we have Leandrin meets with Maureen's Nephew. Nephew, and she's like, you're a dark friend, right? And he's like, yes, of course. And she's like, you gotta kill Moraine. He's like, yes, of course. And he's like, I had sick, fine, I'll do that. But then his mom figures yeah. out and gets him. His mom listens like, in from the sewers? Yeah, she's got like vents of some kind. 
she vented for listening for listening in i guess and she gets him which is and she's like actually my sister is good she's a good person what the fuck's with this jack i i cannot i am so sick and fucking tired of <laughs> of maureen's i hate it so much i hate it more than i could even say why are we drawing like again this is yet another thing that's completely fabricated mech it's no storyline and they're like not all and and he's like this is one of the most important th- this is the this is the narrative core to this whole season we gotta f- oh my god kill me and moraine and lan are fighting again so you're gonna kill why yourself she's, why is she so mean to him do is this ever explained i think i must have said this in the beginning of the season but why is she so i thought it was because she wanted to like protect him but i don't think they ever say that i think i just assume that because that's what that's what stories do when this kind of stuff happens yeah, it's like the go on, get go on, get out of here. Come on, they do a Harry and the <laughs> Hendersons. Hendersons. <laughs> I love when I love when my magical fantasy just pulls a Harry and the Hendersons. Fuck me, Dad. Um, Lan meets with with Glogain, and he's like, "Does she have a shield on her?" And he's like, "Yeah, yep. pretty much, pretty much, guys." Um, which I guess which we talked about. Yes, we were like, "Did she put a shield?" And I was like, "No, it's clearly ceiling because they wouldn't change a fundamental part of the show for this." And the best scene in the show happens. So good. They go to a way gate. They get they get ran out. Lanfear shows up. Vin- Varen does Varen things. Yeah, Lan- yeah, yeah. Lanfear and Varen both working together, which see, kind of well, they're working in concert. It's not quite. It's working in tandem. Is there something to that? I don't know. Probably not. Who's to say? Um, but he's like, can you get me out, Lanfear? They have me in this basement, shielded up. Get me in the basement. I'm in the basement. So she causes enough a ruckus where they're like, we got to go do something. Do some of this Lanfear fella. We got to do. And so the, all the I said, I run away. And so then he, he can sneak out because, yeah, because um, what's her name comes. Varen is like, ooh, I'll do it. Actually, I won't. Get out of here. Get out of your crazy okay. kid. Okay, Varen. All right. I see you. Um, And then, yeah. So then they get to the way gate so that they can get out. They can get to um, Falma. And, but then Swan gets there too. And Namala's there and she's like, Moraine, you can't. I won't let you. And... Oh, this is another great change. Again, just t- it's just tiny things that are tiny, but it's just it builds, Jack. Builds it builds like a snowball. Like a s- just another change. Apparently, in this, which I could have sworn I would have bet my life on it that in this show they explained what the three oaths were. But apparently, in this, <laughs> in the world of the show, the oath when you take your oaths, you also swear some kind of oath to the Amarlin specifically. Which again, Jack, you will know from having read the books up to where we are. Is something that the the basically evil Amerlin who disposes Swan in the books and takes over and is evil and shitty for about Most, six books. Yeah, she thinks of and everyone else thinks is like the worst idea ever. The worst idea, horrendous. It's one of the reasons she's actually like basically deposed again. That they get rid of her too. Mm. It's because she comes up with this idea that's so horrible that even they can't stand to it be anymore. like. Actually, the, not only should you you know. We have these rules, which are, are pretty like reasonable, have a lot of a lot of logic to them. But also, there should just be a rule where you have to do whatever I say. Me, this one person who is you know fallible, as fallible as anyone, should have complete control over the entirety of the White Tower. In like, yeah, completely. I thought that it was referencing from the first season when the, she does the oath rod when she's banished. That's not what she says when I remembered it because she's like, oh, I'm banished until the Armorland tells me I can come back. I don't think the Oathrod was involved in that, was it? Yeah, no, yeah. She swears in the Oathrod. Does she? Yep. But that's the, but again, doesn't matter because that's not the oath she swears. She doesn't swear that she'll always listen to the Armorland. She just does only she only cannot be banished when the Armorland says she's not banished anymore. And it literally is so powerful, like it's so effective that she literally can just like command her to do a thing and she has no choice but to do it against her own will. Crazy. Didn't care for that, even a little bit. <laughs> uh it's also revealed that um 
Oh, they get her nephew. They lock her in a cage. She's like, oh, my son is evil. Oh, Christ. How did I rise so quickly? My hubris. Oh, whatever. Who fucking gives a shit? I could give a shit. And then Lion's like, actually, Moraine, I know all this about channeling. It was a shield the whole time. It was a tied-off shield. Something that we've forgotten. Crazy. Once yeah, again. So I tried to find, and I could not find, maybe it is, but I looked into this because I'm like, maybe I'm just misremembering. But yeah, there's nothing in the books that seems to suggest that was one of the lost things. There's tons. There's tons and tons of things that are discovered throughout the series which were previously lost. Which were lost. But I, that is not one of them. Tying off weaves and leaving them, very much not a thing. Yeah. That was like, that's how unknown. wards work. Yes. So I was need like six like six eyes to make a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. You can pull they we know they can pull the heat out of the fire and make it go out. They do that in the books. Sure, that is what they, that is how they do it in the book. Well, there's that one big fire that they need to channel like a, a river onto, but it's a different, it's like a magic fire. That's evil fire. It's an evil fire. <laughs> it's evil. It's a bubble of evil. But yeah, so Mar- Lan just explains like, yeah, it's just a shield. You can take it off. And he does. And she can just channel again, which is again, a thing that we kind of guessed. So I guess good for that's us. good for us. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not happy about it. Because my thing was like, if he was, if she was still, then it would have affected. Lan would have known. That was always my thing. It's like, it doesn't really check but again my th- also it could have just been that they were wrong like that they just broke their own rules because they've done that plenty on this show but no so it really was so they take it off and she can just channel again um she was not actually stilled which also oh the other thing actually they should have known this too but again maybe they just don't have the, the like the knowledge of this but the, the fact that she couldn't lie yeah because in the books if you uh, when you're stilled you're no longer beholden to the three o's because you can't channel anymore because mm. swearing on the three o's is basically like a I don't know, some kind of like permanent weave that you've put onto yourself. Yeah, magical contract. So if you can't anymore, then you can't really maintain it, I guess. I don't I don't know exactly how either way. It, we if know it's still you can't yeah, you can it doesn't it. work on you anymore. Mm-hmm. So that that alone should have told her what she And the effects to know. of the oath are reversed. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. But again, they don't really have the faceless or they no, just yeah. you can't really be like, all right, Roseman Pike, here's the young lady to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's very confusing. Um but he figures out and they get it open, but and then Swan Wraps up Rand again, and then is going to like beat up Moraine, but then Lanfear shows up and saves him, so they leave. And maybe still Swan or Shield Swan? Does I think she just shields her, probably. Yeah. And their relationship is seemingly like fully broken. So I, for the longest time, thought that Leandrin was going to be compounded with Elida. Mm-hmm. They might just make Swan into a antagonistic Omerlin for them to deal with, which... Unfortunate. But there's no Garth Brent, so who, ma- who, does, who fucking cares? It's true. Whatever. None of this is going to matter. It's like we always say. I don't think this show's going to go long enough for these the ripple effects to really <laughs> be felt. To really blow up. Which, you know, a uh, sick part of me is like, how, what would happen? What is it? What, like, just a thought experiment. Because Swan comes back in a big way in, in the later books. She gets so back. She gets so back in a lot of ways. So, whatever. So, they, they jump on through and they're going to Falma. It's the, I mean, next, we're doing next the, week's the finale, yeah. so everyone's going to be there, as it turns out. Look at that. We all happen to be up in the same place. Here's the big question. What's the big question? Is he going to blow up a horn? <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think you're going to. The rumor was that this this is actually a big big battle. Really? This finale. Yeah, yeah. I remember, like, this was, like, a while they were filming this, so, you know, I don't know, half a decade ago or whatever, <laughs> that, like, oh, season two finale is going to be a big thing. So it's going to be the, the, the battle. The only thing is that... <laughs> We have it's fucking show. We had one scene, like three episodes, with the white cloaks, right? So we yeah. don't know where or what they're up to, but they should be like there should be a significant force of them also on their way, right? So maybe that'll happen. Maybe not. 
Who knows? Luce Theron and Ashamael were inseparable. They were They're best, best friends. friends. Just like these kids. Wow. Next time. Do you remember this? I think she this gets, is... She gets eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was? It was literally this, I think. Oh, that's cool. So now Neve's disguise. That's fun. Okay, that's fun. Are those all the Forsaken in the little discs they've got there? Should it play? Should it play? Let it play. I'm trying to... I, no. I missed it. Hold on, huh? That's them. They're like hanging out. It's the ancient symbol of Isra- Oh, Are those the seals? I think those are They're seals. They're so big. <laughs> I think those are the seals. They're mad. There's just six of them in that room. That can't be. That cannot be. Oh, boy. There's Luce Theron. What a guy. His name wasn't Ashamayel, though, because that means like betrayer of hope or whatever. Yeah, his so. name was like Bill or something. His name was like Steve. <laughs> Bill Barron or something. Next time we'll I wanted to zero in on that. I think it was this fucking picture that made me certain that he was going to the waste. Because I was like, look, at Rand's in like a weird deserty place. And that's why I he's was like, ah, City. season two, Rand's going to be hanging out in the waste all season. Nope. Falma. Yeah, the great yeah. city of Falm. Has a dagger. That's fine. Oh, there. And Matt's with the dagger. Is he going to take it again and get stuck to it again? <laughs> I didn't even think of the implications of that. Because in this show, they just skipped right over that. And they said, oh, it doesn't worry. It doesn't matter anymore. Oh, they got their veiled. You see that? That's cool. Yeah. Bane and she out of them are veiled. Like Nene, that's fun. Because she gets into disguise. That's what happens. Land killing some some Sean Chan. Look at how look at how bug like those uh helmets look. Yeah, they're think? so they're so bug like. They're so like there they are. That's oh, so they are. <laughs> <laughs> For the light in Shinawa, that's cool. What yeah. the fuck? Was <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's sorry to everyone listening. We're just watching the preview for the next episode. Just kind of make fun of. It. Okay, so that's got to be what's his name. The guy who is um, Jeff Dane, from Jeff from Bornholm. That's Dane, cool. Dane Bornholm. Dane Bornholm. Let's dad. watch the High Lord do a little sword trick. Come on. Bane and Chiad and Avienda fighting. Inktar. We get Inktar. I think he's gonna have a moment next week. Maybe. Who cares? <laughs> so he's got a sword. He's got a guy. He's got he's a blade now. master, but his nails are now like plates. He looks like a Power Rangers. <laughs> Oh. Rand and Ashamay are gonna have a sword fight. This is all no. This is all quite all right. And Matt's gonna stab him with the knife. If that last scene was listen, that actually looks like it might be all right. <laughs> we say that if it's just like action, mostly action, just a bunch of people fighting. Turn our it's a battle. Off. Like I said, yeah. it's really a battle. So turn our little brains. Although off. I didn't see any indication of that, but they wouldn't put that in the thing. No, but maybe a bit of a. We'll get some some interesting characters showing up. Although they couldn't pull that off on this show. A hundred like interesting looking heroes. Arter Hawkwing. Horses. They, I don't How are they going to pull that? Have out? they mentioned Arter Hawkwing again? They must have because they mentioned him in season the one. The Sean Chan are coming back. No, because when the Sean Chan came back, they had to mention the connection there. I don't. Did know. They have to. No, they have done to, to Matt. No, they don't have to. Do they anything. made Falma a big city in the Middle East. Have to do anything to that? <laughs> they don't. They're not beholden to God or man. This fucking show. So there it is. The wheel of time right, continues gonna... to really. Just just dumbfounded it's perplexes really like i said I, i've never seen something it's one of those things where it's like i don't know if i could like i don't know you'd have to like intentionally be making these decisions right if you told me like you have to adapt the wheel of time Zach, but just make just make a so many just just incomprehensible changes minor seemingly minor but often they're gonna all add up it's like fucking the speech in uh and or when he's like, it's like a dam or whatever. It's a river. They yeah. all add up, and then the the dam will break. That's this show. But instead of uh, saving the empire, it makes me hate everything. <laughs> They've ruined Wheel of Time. Hey, what if we make it so I said I have a uh, like a contract? <laughs> they have to like work out, sign. Like, oh yeah, you gotta stay here for. You are, this is like your, your vacation. It's like when you need the Excelsior scholarship yeah. in New York. It's like, well, you have to stay in New York for at least four years. Four Come years on. after you graduate. 
hey guys, come on. Come on. One of the three O's is to the Omelette <laughs> in this for some reason. Don't you, worry about it. One of your O's is to pay back Andrew Cuomo all the money. Fucking show. <sighs> all right, want to move on to something better? Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, what can I take out of that? We'll do Ahsoka because we spent four hours in Ahsoka yes, last week. So we'll throw it in the middle here. Uh, much better than this show. Oh, it's so good. Such a fun show. This is a little bit less involved of an episode, I think. You could say a bit, bit more like action-ish, right? Yeah. A um, couple action set good, pieces. There's some good stuff still. Um, so, you know, we'll follow up on last week. We start with, uh, we're still on our, our little journey across the thing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. With uh, Ahsoka and Hu Yang. We get, we get more Hayden Christensen, which is kind of fun. Yeah, we get a little bit of Ahsoka training and with some tapes that he left for her. We get a which is kind of something we see in Tales of the Jedi, remember? Oh, yeah. Well, not the tapes, but the... Well, we see the tapes in Rebels. He's got that... She's got that tape of him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the... Um, the thing she's talking about. Yeah, the idea that he's talking about is kind of reminiscent to some of the stuff he's saying in, in Tales of the Jedi, but... So it all kind of connects. All, we, get, all. we get a nice name drop to all our favorite Clone Wars friends. Kind of Dooku, Ashaz Ventress, Jeno Grievous. I knew all those names, Jack. I knew them all. They're all, they're all mission lines in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Lego Star Wars The Clone Wars. That's true. All three of them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. God. What do you know? There should be a whole... Now, hear me out. We should all have them in like live action. <laughs> with Ahsoka and Anakin going around. Now, have you seen this? We're going to... This is really specific, but how everyone's like losing their fucking minds over the scene where he becomes Darth Vader for a second. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, it, it's fine scene. I don't see it. I, no, I agree. It's too much. I, and those people do nothing but give us all a bad name. Because, yeah, I, I agree. Fine scene. I thought it was cool. I liked it and all. But then there's people who are like, this is uh, best shot in the history of Star Wars, maybe? And it's like, come on, man. It's not that great of a shot. It's like, it's, it's like this brown nothing. like It's a void. Desert, and, then it's and then it's just Anakin, but then he's red and he's got a cape. Listen, it's fine. It's cool. It works very much in the scene. But then when you're trying to be like, look at this. This is peak filmmaking. It's like, look, we all look like idiots. We look like yeah. idiots when you say that. After you have Andrew with that great light show when he's flying through. That's and nothing. You're like, look it. This is what Star Wars fans think. This is the... Come on. Come watch on. other movies. Please. Just watch Watch Seven Samurai. Watch one other movie. I, I promise you. Watch The Creator. <laughs> I promise you it'll be worth it. It's kind of like Star Wars. Oh, boy. But, um... So there it is. But this show, uh, Hera goes on trial. F- yeah, then Hera goes on trial. Oh, actually, Hera goes on trial before that other scene, but who cares? Oh, yeah. Who's oh. paying attention? Not Don't us. Don't call me out on it. Bills are up. Don't call me out on it, goddammit. 48-20. They're the killing Dolphins. it. They're killing it. You, were, you, they, you know, they needed that tough love from you earlier. They <laughs> yeah, were like, they hey, it. guys, pick it up a bit. Josh Allen was a listener. and Yeah. Li- he's somehow listening to us live. <laughs> he's got a headphone in. And he's like, holy shit. Jack isn't proud of me. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta <sighs> do something here. It's like Haley Steinfeld's gonna be upset with me. I don't. Oh yeah, I forgot they're in. dating. Forgot my husband and my wife are dating. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say people say that. Uh, that shitty senator who I hate the most. Guys, <laughs> his dad. I don't know, Senator Ziono. I he, always the use. worst guy ever. He's just a dick. He's <laughs> like, oh, you disobeying orders, and she's like, I disobeyed your orders, dickhead. And he's just continuously like, I under no circumstances will ever possibly believe that maybe this could be real. <laughs> We can't just have I'm you telling re- you right now, you're nothing you're gonna do ever gonna convince me. <laughs> so we should have this trial. I'm definitely not like biased towards <laughs> you. And then we see, which I didn't expect, our familiar face to save our good friend Hera. Yeah. So they're really taking her to task here. They're like, you can't do it. And even Mon Mothma's like, oh, I can only do so much here. You know, you did kind of break the rules. Um, and then Carson Tevo rolls in. What does he do? Oh, he's like, he was the one who was getting the help. I th- I guess. Yeah. Oh, we also see um. This is Akbar, right? That's kind of fun. Oh yeah. What do you think? 
I didn't it's never it. mentioned or said anything, but it looks... I, I mean... I'd have to... Wait. Not to say they all look the same. Let's see. What is... It could be a different Mon Cala a- Admiral, of course. Of course. Well, there's... there's they gotta reach their quotas. Yeah, you don't need to... They have affirmative that. action in the New Republic. So, Admiral Akbar has... Oh, his rank pin is, looks very different to that. Real quick. Let's see. People don't like these New Republic rank pins. They look... Yeah, I can see that. You know what people say they look like? Dice? They look like pills. They do kind of look like, like pills. Like you have to pop through it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a blister pack. I definitely, I definitely look like... Definitely can see that. Um, but anyways, so they're they're all like really dragging her and then... Yeah, I don't know. I, got, I don't know if there's enough data on this. Oh, wait, wait. This is a... That's a surface marshal. So that would be like the... Yeah, the guy in charge of... So I'm going to say that is Admiral Akbar. I'm just going to say it. I'm calling it now. Anyways. Um, I stay floating. I'll probably know. Oh, so there he is. Um... Carson Teva speaks up. He's like, no, nah, man. What about what, what about, about Mandalore? And he's like, well, we took care of that. That's already done with, isn't it? And he's Gideon like, oh, was a warlord. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's my point. He was just on his own, which he kind of was on his own. He was not connected to these characters that we're seeing in this show, is he? So th- not not working in their favor. No. Uh, but then, yeah, like you said, a familiar face rolls up to a... Uh, literal C-3PO. What do you think? What a glub shit I was surprised. I was like, holy shit, C-3PO? But, I mean... I is, it, is he a glub shit No, I, of course not. <laughs> if If... If literal C-3PO is a glub shadow, who, frankly, m- even less of a glub shadow than Anakin Skywalker, because he, he <laughs> he's appear- in everything. He's in everything. He appears before Anakin Skywalker appears. True. Well, is he fan service then? That's the other question. No, because he serves the plot. It makes sense. Because he, would, I agree. You would send through C-3PO. So this is what our third mention of Leia, maybe in this show, second or third. Yeah. We're gonna show her or what? What do we? What's what's happening? Here? I I had the same. I'm like they're sending him because uh. She'd be too old or and also practically dead. So it's like, ooh, what are we doing? We're going to do say? a... It would be too old? Uh, Carrie Fisher, if she was still alive. Well, yeah, if she was still alive. Right. Well, you know what I've been saying? We've all been saying... Chins and Ackles. He plays them all. <laughs> they slap a wig on him. <laughs> My Chins and Ackles. <laughs> Does he... Put, oh, no. I'm thinking the wrong guy. I don't know. Who plays Han Solo? Leon Han Solo. Is that Jensen Ackles? Am I thinking... <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Alden Einhenreich? Oh. Jensen Ackles is like Soldier Boy and Supernatural. Oh. Well, he can do it too. But no, the you get, you know, Donald Glover. You get yeah. Alden Einhenreich. You get Jensen Ackles at all? Am I? Am I no, the guy who was oh. the guy who was the Luke Standin? Yeah. And but they don't make him awful. Don't. Yeah, don't make him a, a monster. Yeah, just use him and just Billy Lord. We've talked. We've been over this. Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yeah. Um. I hope they're too. I, at this point, it feels like they're mentioning her too much. To like, I feel like they're. It's gonna build to something. Now, is it gonna build to a horrible CGI? Maybe, but I don't know. Wouldn't put it past them. Fingers crossed. It really. It's a very divisive thing. Um, we're definitely okay with the idea of doing that, right? Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of people who are like, I just would prefer never to recast them, even if it means not using them as characters. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't know why Star Wars fans are so awful. <laughs> well, I, but I don't know why this is a, a thing that bothers them so much in particular. Um, I've seen people say, like, it would be weird to have, because we have the sequels with the same actors, to have them basically bookended, right? There is something that's a little weird about that. Yeah. Because you go Harrison Ford when he's young or whatever, then he's all dying right, then he's Harrison Ford again, and same with Luke and, and Leia and, and so on. Um, and I get that to an extent, but also if you look at the history of Star Wars, there is examples of that. Yeah. Like Billy Dewey. Mothma. Uh... Kind of. Right? Uh, the difference is that people say, well, if they're young, it's a different actor, but then, like, so, oh, yeah. so hold on. Hold on once they catch, some, when catch up to him, they catch up to him, they shouldn't yeah. get. But, like, Mon Mothma is that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, they change her. she was, I mean, she was way back in 
Revenge of the Sith, and then up through Rogue One Andor, and then like I I said when we had the trailer for the show, I was like, oh, it's interesting because now she's overtaking the previous actor, the original actor, and it's not an issue. Now, obviously, Mon Moth is not the same as, as Leia and Luke and Han, but I just I bite the bullet, man. Yeah. It's only going to be a problem for so long. Like, once it happens, people will just kind of accept it. Yeah, that's how I feel. If we got to make that solo trilogy. Girl. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that we've really done that with. Because, I mean, obviously there's lots of recasts, right? I mean, well, well, everyone in the prequels, right? Yeah. But I'm um, trying to think. I guess there's not a ton of examples of, yeah, them like then getting another another actor in for when they're... Whatever, just do it, though. I don't... I think it would be fine. And it just seems weird. I feel like you can't keep mentioning her, and, and something's got to happen there. Something's got to give there. This is how I feel, at yeah. least. That shitty like, center's droid racist? Yeah. <laughs> Chopper's, like, upset with it. And after the creator, no less, the week of the creator, Ugh. come on, droids are people, too. Well, tell them. Because <laughs> um, the thing is, like, they say she's the that she's in charge of the defense council or something like that. Yeah. Whatever. She's got some kind of cabinet position or whatever. So... If she's in charge of defense, then surely as this conflict escalates in the future stuff, as we know it will, she's got to be involved. So yeah. that's really, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. I hope they I hope they just recast her. It doesn't even have to be Billy Lord, although I think that would make a lot of sense and make people happy. Yeah. People would also be upset too because Billy Lord's already been in Star Wars and they'd be like, what are they doing? But I don't care. Just ignore them. I don't it's just care. Twitter. I don't care. So no one else should. Yeah. You can be, you can be her and Lieutenant Connix. That's fine. Just like you can be Balaam Skull and fucking what's his name? Gar Saxon, right? Yeah. Who's going to know? I didn't Is anyone know. bothered? Yeah, see? Uh, so then we arrive in the new universe, in the new galaxy, whatever. And like Thrawn said, they're like trying to shoot the whales out of the space. But they just they just kind of... They just do a bunch of mines. Scoop on through. They get out of it just fine. Which, okay, cool. I'm glad. I didn't want all those whales to get murdered. Yeah, those those mines don't do much to them. But it, clearly it was going to do more to the ship. But they, they sneak on through. They make it. And uh, they make it to the surface. And they're trying to find Sabine. And she's, like, reaching out in the Force. And then uh, Thrawn's like, we got to get him. We get a scene that we kind of talked about, I guess not directly, but last week when he's like, Anakin Skywalker, that was her master? Hmm. Uh, we we're like, well, should he know that? He kind of, he, know, he knows who Anakin is. Yes, so this has put some of those complaints to rest to rest a bit. Oh. I've, I've seen from some people where they're like, well, he mentions knowing Anakin, so that's enough. It is still, like... I'm sure there is people who are still like, well, why doesn't he know her already kind of thing? Mm-hmm. But Or like, why didn't he know that her master was Anakin off the jump? But people like that he's at least like, ooh, I know that guy. So good enough, right? Right. Uh, and he's like, we'll be a step ahead of her. We'll get it. So then we have Ezra and Sabine. They're traveling with the little uh, hermit crab, crab turtle, people. turtle people. And uh, Balin and Shin roll up with their, their new bandit friends. They make new friends. Which is fun. She still doesn't want to tell him how she got there because it's <laughs> embarrassing. And at this moment, she still thinks that like Ahsoka's dead. Yeah, it's <laughs> because like, of her kind of. Yeah, like oh, it was like, is it compli- Is it regular complicated? And he's like, yeah, it's just like how everything we do is complicated. Uh, the knight's sister, mother, people are like roll up and they're gonna find Ahsoka for him because uh, he requires their dark magics once again. <laughs> and then uh, Sabine. This is one of the most like notable force feats that she has thus far right yeah she is able to kind of resonate with ahsoka so Ahsoka can find her that's neat i guess yeah, she's... i saw someone say this week like oh in the finale is sabine gonna f- fully use the force and become a, a proper jedi i don't know i don't know i'm could do i still kind of like the idea that like i yeah i'm torn between like her being herself and that i'm like well she can just kind of train with me and learn like the principles and stuff mm-hmm. but also it's like 
it'd be cool if she did the force thing. It would be kind of cool because they're still because they do all they do like they're they've done it twice twice now and third time you know comes in threes mm-hmm. two times where she maybe does it but it's actually something else and third time she actually does it so I I'd like either one personally so decided to see uh, Balin is just talking nonsense to Shin she's not really on board I think as much anymore yeah he's really losing her <laughs> he's like we gotta take our new place the Empire she's like but you just said we're not doing the Empire we're doing our own thing here in this wasteland full of weird witch magic. It's it's still really kind of unclear what exactly he's looking for, what he thinks he's going to find here. We haven't really got an answer to that yet. I was kind of hoping maybe we would expand on that this episode, but we have no clue what exactly he thinks is here for them. What what his, again, it's still not really even, like, you know, breaking the wheel or whatever he was going to talk yeah. about last week. Yeah, and Targaryen shit. He says, like, at one point, right, he's like, there's something here that even, the, there's some power here even the Night Sisters fear. What What is that? What is he What is he looking is for? Is it the Bendu? Is it the Bendu? I don't know. But so he's like, clearly you just want to, you're just, like, ambitious and you want to rise in the Empire or whatever. So why don't you just do that and I'm going to do my thing? And she's like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> whatever you say, man. I guess I'll do it. I'm on your team. I, get, I mean, you're my master. Teach me all this stuff. Um, which is interesting because I saw people point out that, like, you remember he called out Ahsoka for not sticking with Anakin, and now he's kind of abandoning his own apprentice. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Is he repeating the mistakes of the past, Jack? Absolutely. Um, but so the bandits ride in, and then they call in the stormtroopers um, with those those cool Night- gunships that I enjoy. Yeah. They like how he's been Fallen Order a lot. Yeah, they do. It's, they're pretty cool. Um, so we, in those, we get a big action scene. Yeah. They're shooting the bandits and stuff from the thing first, but then eventually one of them gets one of the whatever shell vehicle home things gets taken out so they have to like circle the wagons circle the shells please sure and um Ezra gets out this this is a scene that has caused much uh controversy controversy I also was confused by this were you now so yeah they get out and they're gonna start the fight and so then Sabine offers Ezra his lightsaber to be like all right, will you take this and fight with it and uh he basically refuses it he's like nah I don't I don't need that I don't want that I'm I'm say one with the force. I think you said he says the force is my ally, um, which I found interesting. I'm like, all right. At first, I would think my first I was like, oh, he cut himself off. I was like, well, no, he uses the force, so he can't have cut himself off. So I just thought, I just, yeah, I just found it interesting and not necessarily bad. Just I didn't expect it. Um, I guess I didn't expect it either, but I did not have a problem with it. Um, he says like it's yours. I gave it to you. You can have it now. Which you know, um. Like I said, lots of discourse. I, I have, I do have some thoughts on it. So, on the one hand, I get why people are like, "Well, that's his lightsaber. Shouldn't that have significance, right?" And depending on the thing, uh, right? The whatever particular story we're talking about, mm-hmm. oftentimes lightsabers are given a lot of significance, yeah. right? As it's like spiritual symbol, and yeah, you build it yourself. Yeah, it's it's it's. There's a lot to it, right? And um, do we happen to know, Jack, that you were in agreement with um, good friend of the show, no. <laughs> Star Wars theory? No. On Damn it. The worst person I know had a, had a thing I agree with? <laughs> Fuck. Because he goes... Let's, let's find it. Let's bring it up. Oh, he's got a theory. It's not the real Ezra. There you go. Good for him. What? A, what? It's not the real Ezra, Jack. Who could it be? Is it Mystique? What the fuck? Um, uh, here's a, here's a uh, Photoshop of Sabine handing uh, Ezra his lightsaber, except Sabine was... It's, it's Ray and Ezra, it's Luke, and he's, he throws it. Oh, that's a good meme. I'm glad you explained it for all those listening at home. <laughs> You know that scene that everyone also hates because there's a certain subsect of fans who are very uh, stupid. Well, I was going to say very uh, clearly um, concerned with characters keeping their lightsabers, and I don't, you know. Yeah. 
They're pretty neat. I wouldn't want to lose one if I had it. So he says, what's with Disney not wanting OG characters to take back their lightsabers? What happened to this weapon is your life? So in episode two, um, after Anakin exit drops his lightsaber, Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, this weapon's your life. And in the Clone Wars, he repeats that. He says, like, when I finished making my lightsaber, Obi-Wan told me, Anakin, this weapon is your life. And it is my life. And so people are like, well, why is that, right? And and yeah, there is kind of like a, well, how come Luke throws his lightsaber away? And this and, and all these all these things, right? I think, personally, my, my, my take on it all is, mm. is that, like, sometimes characters are wrong. It's the thing we talk about sometimes. Sometimes. Maybe Obi-Wan was part of the Jedi Order that fails because they're wrong. Maybe he was a little bit too worried about it. And yes, there is lots of stuff about, like, oh, lightsabers are important and they're symbolic. But also, if you really look at how they're treated in the movies and shows and stuff most of the time, they aren't given that much reverence, are they, right? That same movie where Obi-Wan's like, this weapon is your life. He gets a new one. He and Anakin both lose their lightsabers, right? Yeah. Obi-Wan loses a lightsaber. He, he goes through three lightsabers in three movies, right? He loses his first one. He loses his second one. I, who's, there's no telling how many times they probably lost them in the Clone Wars. Like, yeah. It's just not actually treated. Like, like yes. There are certain stories where it's like, oh, this is a big deal. Like, you just finished Fallen Order, right? But I was going to say, in Survivor, uh, or and also maybe Fallen Order, I, I think both, Cal says, weapon doesn't make you a Jedi. It's not the lightsaber that matters. Well, actually, Marin so. reminds him of that in Survivor, because he says it in Fallen Order. In Fallen Order, that's the thing he says. That's true. So so they do they do kind of gotcha, both. Jack, you've gotten it. So they've done a, they've done a thing where they've balanced the story. Like, yes, it's an important moment for him when he goes to Ilum and he goes on the spiritual journey to make his, his remake his lightsaber. But yes, like you said, he also tells Marin, having a lightsaber isn't what makes you a Jedi. We used to be defenders of the peace. Mm-hmm. That's actually what it says. I have that big cow lightsaber. Oh, yeah. It says that on there. That's like the quote that they picked. It's like, we used to, yeah, having a lightsaber doesn't make you a Jedi or whatever. So, I, I don't know. I think fans probably get a little bit more attached to this stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Well, they're cool. I mean, you know, because there was all the discourse of like, why they call it Ray's lightsaber now? It's Anakin's lightsaber, right? And they've actually, I, I didn't think of this. I should have known. But when, um, you know, it was, it was revealed that Ezra's lightsaber in this uh, in this show would have a new design. At first, I was just like, oh, why is that? And then I was thinking maybe it was like a practical need. Like mm-hmm. they needed to change it because maybe Ezra's lightsaber design translated into live action would be too similar to someone else's. I was going to say too, um, like uh, fragile because oh. it's got that like thin, but whatever. But then I saw, because I saw you can get the um, <laughs> the black series, you can, you, know, you can buy this real nice one of it, and in in that they call it Sabine Wren's lightsaber, and I'm like, ah, it's marketing. Oh, yeah. I usually have a good a radar for that when it comes <laughs> to Star Wars. You can always tell when they're like, ah, oh, this is for this is for selling more things. So I should have known, but gotcha. They, they stuck it by you. But yeah, I mean, again, lots of characters do. Like, yes, Luke uses well, the first lightsaber we ever see in the movies is Obi Wan just pulls it out and hands it to him and says, "This is yours now, Luke." Your dad followed that. Here you go. That's not some big significant spiritual thing is it so like sometimes you could just get new ones they are ultimately they are ultimately just objects ezra makes one we don't even see him make it Mm -hmm. so So, yeah and like you said it's it's not there is probably something to be said that obi-wan being like hey we're a jedi and this weapon is your life maybe that was you know one of those ways in which he was wrong right maybe the whole point of the prequels is that the jedi were for their own undoing you know in a lot of ways like what luke says they allowed Darth Sidious to rise and started Darth Vader. But no one likes to remember that part of The Last Jedi. Nobody does. No one likes to remember any Last Jedi. These horrible Star Wars fans. We Not strawmanning, because this is how they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe a little strawmanning. I mean, I mean, we can do a little strawmanning as a treat, can't a we? A treat, yeah. The cat can have a little bit. But when there's also... um. Oh, jeez. Oh, 
I had it. Now I've lost it. Something about lightsabers. Something else. Also, I just think of. I think he doesn't take it for another reason. Is that he doesn't hasn't used it in however long. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That it really didn't bother me because he's the you know the middle of a fight like this is maybe not the place to like knock the rust off, right? Yeah. He's now been without his lightsaber longer than he was with it. So yeah, he's like, probably better with the force in general. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it makes more sense. Oh, I was gonna say oh. the Book of Boba Fett. That was it, right? That's another thing we had very recently where a lightsaber is presented as like maybe not the way forward, right, for a character, right? Mm-hmm. That like. Because it's the scene where Luke is like, hey, don't you want this lightsaber? And Grogu is basically like, I don't want this weapon. Because that's what it is. I mean, it is a weapon. Like, yeah. Maybe, yeah, the, the Jedi way for everyone doesn't represent like a deadly weapon, you know? Yeah. And that's okay, I think. Be a pol- You don't have to be a police force. So, yes. I think I didn't personally have a big problem with Ezra being like, you should hold on. But also, you could also see it as the... And, and I'm sure... The thing is, I don't think he's going to take it back. I don't think this was like just for this fight. I do yeah. think he's gonna not keep it and if that means he makes his own one down the road maybe or, or whatever but um also there's the kind of the thing of like well you keep it because you need it more than i do that's in this a, fight. that's what i thought when i was watching the episode because then later they fight shin and it's like well ezra can have, you practice with the force uh sabine can't so from purely like a keep both characters in the fight reason you kind of gotta let him keep it but yeah he said like he says he gave it to yours it's yours now she's had it longer than he has i mean he had that one in particular, that lightsaber he had for, what, two, three years? And she's now hold on to it for, like, almost ten, so. And this is cool. I, the, all that aside, this is a dope fight, right? Yeah. He's using the Force, just the Force? I think that's sweet. So he's so. pushing dudes into the into the walls and stuff. He's He clearly played Fallen Order before this. Yeah. He blocked the lightsaber at the end there in the fight against Shin. That's pretty dope. I love when they do that. It's very cool. I actually thought maybe what would happen is that when Ahsoka got there, she would give him one of hers. Because, I mean, then you got three lightsabers, three people kind of thing. But no. Maybe that'll still happen next week. Who knows? Yeah. But she has another fight with Balon. She gets there because he's trying to block the way. And she's like... She uses her both of her lightsabers this time. Yeah, a bit, of a bit of a rematch here, which is always fun. And she's all like, actually, you're not really my fight kind of thing. So, you know, in contrast to their last fight where it was like do or die, she's like, I'm just going to sneak past you, basically. Yeah. And she does. She takes his uh, horse wolf thing and runs off. I like this scene right before that when she jumps out of her... Uh ship that he's flying he's like all right you're like, gonna try that again we must have the timing he's like i apologize for that i'm sorry that was my bad that was good um and i think yeah i don't and balan seems to specifically want to fight ahsoka like he's like shit i gotta do my own thing which seemed to be waiting for ahsoka to show up again so he could fight her so very because she's like i gotta get there and he says i can't allow you to do that kind of thing mm. i was like why yeah is he on her it's it's again I think it's interesting. I don't think it's like a flaw. I do just think it's it is not well explained. Confusing what his motives are. I I hope that is fleshed out by the end of next week. I should I should hope so. But yeah, that we'll get a f- like definitively say like this is Balon's deal basically. So that's what I that's what I need. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Here's my PowerPoint. Why I did any of this. Well, at first he also has a bit of a moment here where he almost seems kind of like I don't no. know amused. Like, mm, okay, she beat me. That's interesting. Interesting. And he's got to walk all the way and back to just base. Leave. Yeah, he's just like, all right, I'm heading out. The stormtroopers get there. They're fighting too. Get a nice big fight scene. And then Ahsoka pulls up, so it's you know it's game over. They do a, they do a bit of a hug at the end mm-hmm. when she's reunited. Mm-hmm. She's all like, Sabine's all like, man, I'm sorry you. Uh, I, I kind of almost killed you, maybe. And she's like, ah, all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, I'm back, baby. It's only just Thrawn that's going to come back now. That's so. Who so it's only the worst but, thing you could possibly think of. It's going to happen. As, Thrawn, as he said last week, he's like, ah, who knows what kind of ramifications this will have on your entire galaxy. <laughs> How many people will die? Um, and then uh, Thrawn just pulls him back. He's like, actually, 
we uh, we finished the transfer, so I'm just gonna bring those stormtroopers back. I don't need them all to be slaughtered by yeah <laughs> by those Jedi. So. I need them when I invade again. I will say Ezra does pick up a gun and just starts shooting people in this scene too, though. So he's clearly not like completely um pacifist. Yeah, pacifist exactly. He's clearly not like completely uh, what's the word opposed to to violence of any kind. <laughs> yeah, they do try to bring uh, Shin on over. Ahsoka like um you know offers that olive branch. Yeah, puts puts yeah offers a a. a Sure, and I'll branch her, and she's like, "Hey, maybe you could just not be shitty. Oh, we could we could like hang out together. Could be on our side, you know? Would would that be so bad? You get a real colored lightsaber, not this weird orange red one. Mm-hmm. We don't have to. You don't have to be evil." <laughs> she's make... like, "Nah, I'm gonna go. Nah, but being evil is so much fun." So she takes off. That's that's where basically we we yeah we do a big hug. We're like, man, we're so glad we're all alive and not dead. We're back together. I thought you were dead, and I thought you were dead, but it turns out we're all alive, and it's all great. And Thrawn might come back, but we can. We'll do it that later. Yeah, yeah. Next next episode, probably. Hopefully. So yeah, another good one. Uh, this is again a little bit more low key, a bit bit more of a uh, action. So I mean, we did get we, we did get stuff moving, of course. Yeah. We're, we're moving and grooving. Ahsoka's there. We have the the reunion. Um. So yeah, next week we're gonna round it out here. Big finale, huh? Oh yeah, exciting. That's good stuff, man. It really has been. Yeah, definitely. Are you of the opinion that we've we've uh, done enough here this season? Like done enough story wise, like a yeah, yeah. enough. Um, because I I've seen some people say that they they do not feel that way that it's been a bit one of those things where not enough has happened, and it's like I I couldn't I I don't agree with that personally compared to like the Mandalorian season three I feel like so much more happened. In I would yeah I would definitely say more happened just from a pure plot standpoint and from a pure character standpoint. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel. Especially I'd say most happened character wise. Yeah, which I know some people Star Wars fans hate. They hate right. char- people do character things. They're filler. Um, so a lot of filler episodes in this, really. Um, but no, I think enough has happened. They've introduced a lot of stuff. They introduced a, a concept of a whole another galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and, we, and we've talked before about like, is it different enough or whatever? But I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah. How different can it really be within the bounds of like? Yeah, I didn't human, think they were the really human gonna, mind. I really didn't think we were gonna reinvent the wheel when it came to that. But yeah, I agree. I, like you said, definitely character wise, it's weird because I just don't know what people mean. Like what. I mean, did you want this to completely do, like, a whole massive Thrawn story? Like, surely you knew that's not what this was going to be, right? You know, again, we have, like, multiple seasons of other TV shows, if and not counting the movie that is that we know now is going to wrap this all up. Like, what did you really expect out of this in the, in that way? Like, I don't... Yeah. I just... I don't really get it. Yeah, I forgot about the movie until you just said it. Oh, yeah? So when people are like, I, I thought there was going to be more. It's like, how 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 much more? This is the first season. Like, what? Because people are like, oh, it's not going to... Clearly, it's not going to... Ra- how is he going to wrap this all up? He, he He's not. He doesn't yeah. have to. It's not... He's writing a movie. <laughs> yeah. Again, there's, you know, presumably more of this show. Um, again, I mean, the Mandalorian season four is going to happen sooner or later. That's going to clearly tie back in. Yay. So, yeah, there's lots of... You know, he doesn't have to finish it all. And my thing is just like, when people say that, it's like, okay, so what? Yeah, he could have written this in a different way. He could have written this so that, sure, the first couple episodes didn't happen the way they happened or something. And, and we got to the new galaxy back in episode four or three or four instead of in episode six. Okay, but then what? Like, then you're we, just talking about a different show? I, yeah. I, I just don't get that, right? Yeah, like, well, I wish it was different and so all the plot happened more quickly. Okay, and then what? Then like there was what, more plot? Like, I don't know what you... Do you know what I mean? Like, no, what? I get what you're saying. By by speeding up one half, you're not actually filling the slot we have. You're like, well, I wish... Well, yeah, well, I wish what took a whole took half. Well, what's the other half? You, you just want a different show, I guess? You want more... You, you want, want more. You want season one and two sp- 
pushed into one season. That's... You just kind of want Nebula sleep m- more. Yeah, more of more, something. More of something. Intangibly something, but like, something. I just want more. Like, again, did you expect, like, a bit, like, did you expect this season to be filled with, like, big climactic battles between Thrawn and the New Republic? And so, like, in two episodes, you're going to have this it's, happen? It's, yeah, it's, it's the Ahsoka show at the end yeah. of the day, right? You got to remember that, so. Even though it is basically Rebels season five or whatever, it is, it is called Ahsoka. Like you, you know, surely you kind of knew what you were getting into. They got to take this one, and and also like it wouldn't be as impactful if we just jumped right into that, right? Having Thrawn build over these, you know, the tiny mentions in the Mandalorian season two, and then the Mandalorian season three, and then we've built to this where we finally have him, and now he's going to need to grow as a threat before. And yeah, again, we knew that this stuff is all going to be ultimately wrapped up in. A movie. That movie. So, like, when someone's like, oh, they're not going to be able to resolve all the plots of this show. I don't think they intended to. I think the reunion between Ezra and all those guys, that's kind of a thing that's, like, done. Mm-hmm. Right? And we get to bring him back, and it'll be cool. And, and he'll get to be a, a factor in the universe again. Um, and then I think Balin and Shin have to have some kind of conclusion. But everyone else, we're, we, we kind of just keep, keep rolling this on. I mean, yeah. so, I don't know. I just don't know what people want anymore. They, well, they just want... Uh, more and they want no payoff. They want no setup. They just want payoff. Yeah. They always want more. I mean, no one's really ever satisfied, are they? So no, that's why you leave them wanting more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We think it's good. Though. I we, like we're this a big show. Fan. I think this really is the second best one. It's the bee's knees. It's a lot of fun. This this show is. All right, all right. Want to take out of that mm-hmm. into our final topic, uh, the Continental episode two for Loyal- Loyal- John Wick. Loyal- John Wick. Loyalty to the Master. Uh, this one does a lot of Sharon, Sharon stuff. This had more build up than I really thought, I guess. There's yeah. not a ton of action in this, but I guess that means the finale will be hopefully very action heavy, right? Double Would action. you think? I would hope. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's exactly like we say. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the last episode made it pretty clear. Now we need to assemble a team to take on the, kinda, oh my God, they're going to make me sit through this stupid fucking thing in the beginning. Andrew, your program. This is the future of streaming. It's just cable. Oh, damn. Amazon's let's putting just, let's ads. Say this. Yeah, while we're here. Amazon's putting in ads. Huh? What do you think? I've been saying this, Jack. I can't believe Call this. me Nostradamus. Call me Nostradamus from now on. It's the attack with Jay and Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been saying this for like over a year now, though, as as this, as the, the you know, very fabric of, of streaming entertainment has unraveled before our eyes. I'm like, clearly this is what's happening. Because again, they've all been taking losses for forever. Since the time in memoriam. It was obvious to me that, well, we need to somehow get more money coming in. It was ads. Amazon's going to do ads now. And Amazon Prime Video was only a feature if you had Prime. It wasn't even like a... That's the weirdest thing about Amazon Prime to me. I feel like that has to change at some point. Because Uh, I feel like almost everyone who has it has it as... A supplementary thing to having Amazon Prime. Right, like people have Amazon Prime to have Amazon Prime for getting stuff to their house more quickly. And then you get... Yeah, you just, oh, just streaming service. I feel like they have to split it off or something at some I'm point. I'm surprised they haven't. To get more, yeah, because you want people double dipping. Then again, I guess they get to inflate their numbers that way. Because if they did do that, I feel like they would actually have way less people on oh, yeah. paper at least, right? And that wouldn't be good for advertisers. No. Because so, how many people who have Prime would actually care to have Prime TV? Much less. Probably not all of them. It's the only reason, like, I mean, if I have it, I know my mom wouldn't buy it. She's like, well, I only want to use Prime Video because we have Prime. But yeah. I think Disney Plus is in talk of adding ads. They just Netflix raised the price too. again. They've already like, M, uh, Disney Plus has already almost double where it started only four oh, years ago. Jesus. So, 
Five years ago? Four years ago. But yeah, Peacock has a good bit of fucking ads. Pe- Peacock wouldn't let me download it. So I went on a, I was, as you know, I was on a bit of a drive yesterday and I went to download the um, Wheel of Time episode. I watched, I also downloaded the first three episodes of Gen V and then I was going to download this, but it doesn't let you unless you pay for Peacock Premium. What is that? I already pay for this. How do, that's how I want, wh- huh? I gotcha. <laughs> you see what I mean? There's tears. It's like you said, Jack. It's like we've all been saying this whole time. It's just going to circle back to cable. Where you have to pay six hundred dollars a month so that you can get all your streaming services to all your all your channel packages together, as it were. Mm-hmm. And I then, mean, they've already started. They already got the Disney, ESPN, Hulu package. So you're paying for all these channels so that you can get all the shows you want. And oh, you want AMC? That's extra. Oh, you want HBO? You got to pay extra for that channel. And then, despite all that, despite the obscene amount of money you spend every month, you still have to sit and watch commercials like a caveman. <laughs> I hate it here. But anyway, <laughs> the actual continental the show, like we said. It's kind of obvious that they were, he's, I mean, he literally shows up and I'm like, we're getting the gang act together. We need to, we need guns, lots of guns. Um, we start off with 1955, which we see the event that starts the first episode when they're in prison, or they're not in prison, they're being interrogated with the police, mm-hmm. when Frankie, they throw a Molotov cocktail into a building, and he's like, there's people in there. Are you an idiot? Of course there are. <laughs> I assume Cormac just said they weren't and they're children, so they believed him on face value. Crazy thing to make a child do, though, for sure. Yeah. Even if you are like a shitty, like Mel Gibson esque man, Mel Gibson esque like crime boss monster. Why, like, they, just just on a practical level, right? You're gonna make like a child do your Molotoving? That's crazy. They're they have such little weak arms. Yeah, right. I thought he wasn't gonna make it. It's gonna hit the side of the building and just cause like a bunch of undo damage. <laughs> just bounce back and burn them. <laughs> the jokeify them. Oh, I got these scars. And then we also have another another flashback, which is how. Um, What's her name? Char. What's his name? Char. The, what's the brother's name? Charlie. It's not Charlie. J- J- Jamie. John. No, it's not Jamie. J- Josh. Josh. Steve. Bill. Isn't it Charlie? Is it? Is it Richie? No. Frankie. It, oh. It's, <laughs> it's how Frankie met Yen in Vietnam. <laughs> she was a suicide bomber. <laughs> That's upsetting. Crazy stuff. But luckily, she, she, yeah, they figured it out. Well, it didn't go off. It didn't go off, yeah. To every, for everyone's luck. Um, and then they meet, and they're like, hey, maybe. What a, what a meet cute. <laughs> <laughs> you were a suicide to, bomber. I, I was a traumatized tried to suicide bomber. They tried to suicide bomb you in a bar. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. That's fun. And that just shows their, their relationship, I guess. Um, then we have in the present, uh, we start with Lou. And she's dealing with the the guy we saw last new episode. Boss of Chinatown. The new boss of Chinatown is causing all these it's trouble. A cigarette machine. Every store, everybody yeah, gets a cigarette, a cigarette machine. machine. Why does he make money off the cigarettes? I guess they're his cigarette machines, so he gets the money. Yeah. So that's her little arc. This episode is dealing with that guy. Um, and then they, they've got they've got his ash. They've uh, cremated Frankie, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna take the fight to him." So they're getting their they're basically getting their crew together. It's the you know. It's the siblings and their their friend, whatever his name is, and it's you know obviously Winston and Yen, and then they gotta get some some more some more characters. So they get the guy that shoots pedophiles. We find that yeah, so they get the uh, I think I feel like this the detective lady, what's her name, Katie or whatever, something. She's gonna get on board, get on board, maybe for the finale here, um, because she's putting the pieces together herself, and then yeah, the the sniper guy who <laughs> apparently just. Yeah, assassinates pedophiles. I, I thought he was gonna kill a little girl eating cake, and I was like, "Oh, that's what I think." So they yeah. wanted to think, "He's like, oh, what, who's this guy? What's he doing? He's him for a kid?" Uh, but no, he kills a guy, and then it's revealed it very clearly a, shows a wanted poster for him for being a a, a chomo, which is interesting. 
There you go. He like misses the shot at first. I guess it's because they're wanted. He's wanted by Boston, and they're not in Boston, so that's how he. And he's in the FBI gets away list. with it. But they, yeah, they, they just shoot. It's that It's 1970. Guy. You could just, you just walk 10 feet away from the city you live in, and you're. That's true. You could probably live the rest of your life without him finding you. That's a very good point. So they get him on board. He's gonna come be in their crew. He's gonna give them Overwatch, I guess. Um. Oh, and then we he gets the tip that he should go meet the what do they call her? Maisie. Yeah, Maisie the, the who was basically the the Bowery Queen of this era. Which I thought this was a fun detail. I don't know why I didn't consider this, but they were yeah. like when they mentioned the Bowery, I'm like, Oh the Bowery! Oh, I know they're from the movie. They're from the movie oh, I went from the world of John Wick. From the world of John Wick. Oh my god, this is incredible. So he goes there and he meets her. Um and, and seemingly gets gets her on side as well. So it's the it's the Bowery Queen. That's cool. Like the fun scene where he stabs the t- stabs the cockroach and they all Killing with the guns. Yeah. Which is clearly the reaction he's trying to get out of him, right? Yeah, to see who who's really the boss. To be like, look at see, you you guys clearly are uh, more than you seem. Yo, you've all got guns. I mean yeah. gun lots of guns. <laughs> I need you I need you to be foot soldiers in my war against the Continental. And uh she's like, you guys gotta like you I want love, not money. Love for my homeless people. So that's okay. That's just pretty good. Cool. Again, I mean she's basically just she's just what's it? She's just Lawrence Fishburne, right? Yeah. <laughs> But that's fine. With all the swell of the horrible sword wounds. Well, yeah, right. Without the later received sword wounds. Yeah. Uh, Mel Gibson's eating a bunch of steak, and then the high table lady shows up. Mm-hmm. The Inquisitor, whatever her name is, whatever they're called. Adjudicator. Questioner. What are they? They're all the same. Adjudicators. Adjudicator, thank you. She's got a fucked up face. Which we don't get to actually see. I guess it's going to be a big episode three reveal. Yeah. Big finale when she finally takes it off. And he's so, like, distraught. He's like, I can't get over her face. It's so gross. <laughs> Which I, what is it? What what could be so wrong about it? She's like she got like a birthmark. Yeah, right. This is yeah. like 1970s, so they didn't like people who were slightly different from them. It's like that thing in movies where it's like she's, mm, she's look how ugly she is, and, and it's, it's Margot she's Robbie. Got, she's got like glasses, and, and her like, hair's pulled and up. Her hair's like yeah. She's wearing sweatpants. <laughs> they're like, oh my god, what a nerd! And then what a hideous like, monster! <laughs> so then she takes her glasses off for the prom or whatever, and everyone's like, oh my god, you were hot the whole time. <laughs> oh my god, who could have seen this? It's like that. Uh, again, again, Home Alone style kills him in the <laughs> movie theater, and she's like, "Well, I guess I gotta get on, on this action on this, on this fight here." Um, I, don't know, I mean, we already said, that. yeah, a bit more Mel Gibson in this one. He's being like, "You guys all suck. The adjudicators are gonna come for us, and if they take me down, they're taking yeah, they're taking y'all with me." Um, we learned that uh, Sharon has some kind of, I guess, relationship right with this cellist, cellist who they've got to to work at the uh, Continental, just serenading them. This is a great scene. Let's skip this one where we see oh, yeah? uh, Miles' sister be Batman. Lou. Lou, thank you. Lou is Batman, maybe? What, with her with her tomahawk? I don't use guns. She says no guns. Oh, yeah. Well, no, the different... Batman also doesn't kill people at all, well, ideally. That's true. But yeah, I, her thing... He's like, so you're cool with using all these other lethal means, but not <laughs> guns? And she's like, yeah, I guess. Guns, there's no choice. What are you talking about? You threw that tomahawk into a wooden wall to kill a man with. It's also, yeah, Tom, there's a, it's kind of like the way that they, I feel like um, bow and arrows are used this way sometimes in like comic books and stuff. Of like, well, Hawkeye doesn't have a gun. He's got a bow and arrow. So kill him, man. That's a very, it's an incredibly lethal weapon. They've been for, used for, for almost all of human You history. know what we use it for guns? Bow, bow and arrows. arrows. As weapons of war. They're they very lethal. Crossbows. Very lethal. <laughs> Incredibly lethal. So yeah, when she's like, this throwing axe, you have a choice. I don't know. There's a lot of factors. You got to be very, very careful with your throwing axe. You got to be so precise to be like, I can directly pinpoint when it's not lethal. Like, also, where do you where do you throw a throwing axe at someone, Jack, to to ensure that it isn't lethal? Hand. Yeah, but what if I like hit you in my wrist? Yeah, I don't know. Now you're dead. A gun, less lethal in some ways. Honestly, yeah, you, you can, can be, get someone in the foot because you can really like pinpoint exactly where you're gonna hit them, and yeah, you can you can kind of wing someone with a gun. 
Yeah, you can do a warning shot. I don't think I've ever been warning shot with a hatchet. No. If you wing someone across that, they're going to slice their ear off. Yeah, so I thought that was very silly. Um, Miles has a big story about his time overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, it takes Muhammad Ali and him him winning the fight to not be in Vietnam and all that because uh, they're trying to get more guns, right? Is that what they're doing? This thing? something like that. What's their plan? They're making a deal with somebody. They like break the deal. He just leaves. He tells the whole story in English, and then she says she understood it all. So I guess she can just understand all of English. Can't speak it. It's fair. Uh, so like I said, here's this the thing with um Sharon and this cellist. And he's like, I'm going to go to a conservatory in Ireland. Maybe you could come with me instead of living here and being a, you know, working for this horrible murderer guy. He's like, no, this murderer guy? Pretty sick. He's crime boss. He's like, well, this guy got me out of to America and he's going to get my dad out, he says. <laughs> he told me that. So that'll be cool. So I feel like I should just do what he says. And, uh, well, basically Mel Gibson, Cormac gets wind of this in a later scene. And, uh, well, when he tells him, the, the chess guy tells him straight up. Kind of, yeah. Um. And he reads a letter about it in like a record store bar combo thing. Seems fun. Uh, he's all co- conflicted because he wants his father to come over. Yeah. Hmm? He wants to know. He's with. Um, yeah, you can't write back to his father. He gets a letter from his dad. Yeah. Because he wants him to be brought up as soon as possible. Um, and yeah. Then he meets. The next thing he tried is he meets um, Winston, right? Yeah, so Winston thinks basically that. Uh Sharon could be kind of like brought over to their side because mm. the other the sniper guy says he's like well everyone who works in the continental is either brainwashed or evil um so like you know either working for him because they're actually just pieces of shit or because like they're crazy yeah assassins. he's kind of brought them he's kind of brought them under its spell kind of thing mm. and basically he he uh sort of implies that he thinks Sharon is the the brainwashed one like he's not actually a bad guy and so maybe he could be be on their kind of team and so they basically ambush him on his bus ride home. And they're like, hey, what do you think? He's kind of a dick, if you really think about it, right? Cormac, not a great guy. And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. He's like, how about how about this? How about you help us? Uh, but then after uh, <laughs> Cormac beats the cellist to death with his golf club because he's a maniac. And he's like, you're going to take Sharon from me, basically? Yeah. Even though he just said he wasn't. He's yeah. Like, but of course, he doesn't see it that way because he tried. He beats him to death with a golf club in the Continental, which you're not supposed to be able to do. And they reference that. They go, he did the thing you're not supposed to do. Don't tell anyone, though. Um, Sharon comes in and just tells him that, uh, they tried to recruit him and he's like, I didn't do it though. Cause you're, you're pretty good. Cormac. It's like, sit, let's bring your dad over. He'll be the new musician. <laughs> he's like, Oh, uh, maybe I don't know about that. He leaves him there, which is, I didn't expect that to just leave his body. Well, actually, I guess Cormac's crazy enough to just leave a body just killed right fresh out for mm-hmm. a while. Um, so what do you think? Do you think this is genuine or what? The mug isn't liking him. What? What is genuine? Um, like he actually has that, that Sharon is, is actually like revealing the plot to him. Um, like I think maybe this could be like a, like a, so it seems like they try to recruit Sharon and they've basically just failed entirely because the first thing he does and goes and tells Cormac the plan, right? Yeah. But I'm saying maybe that is a plan. Is that he, re- he tries to gain his trust even more. Yeah. Or what could be maybe the way they play it. Cause obviously Sharon comes around and Cormac's horrible and he doesn't <laughs> follow him. Um, what could be is that like he was, you know, he showed up intending to do that, but now that he sees <laughs> that he's just murdered his boyfriend, friend, whatever mm-hmm. it is, there that he's gonna be like, well, maybe this guy isn't the move. I think it's the second one because he looks at that letter because he definitely considers it when he's like, "I letter from my dad." He clearly there's problems in his home country that he wants to get his dad out as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh, I think I gotta stick with Cormac. He's my best shot at saving my dad. 
kind of make a deal with the devil kind of thing. But now that yeah. he's killed someone else, he's like, well, he's going to probably kill my dad if he came here and used him as leverage. So I probably should help uh, Winston out. That's how I took it. Yeah, I think that works too. Um, what also? But even then, it might be that if they thought that through that well enough, maybe Winston thought he like, would do that. Intended for Sharon to, to give him give uh, him up, maybe or like not give knows? him a fake plan. Yeah, something like that. That could be. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Kind of trick him because um, they say that in this one, their plan is like hopefully they can kill Cormac before everyone notices. He even like can do the thing, and that's that's how they'll do it. But uh. I mean, we kind of know from the trailers. It's not gonna. There's definitely fighting in the continental oh, yeah. in the finale. So he'll get till get to his button, which is I guess they take that button out. They must take that button out in the future. Yeah, the button's not around. Seems like see in the movies. Doesn't seem like an ironclad thing. If you can be like, well, now I want it to happen. Yeah. Also, if you can just get away with it because he kills someone, they're like, ah, don't worry about it. Well, I think they want because they want to bring him down in this specific instance. Yeah. Well, exactly. So it's gonna be one of those things where it's like gonna work out for everyone. Yeah. Winston's gonna kill him, and they're gonna be like, actually, Winston, you want to just be the guy? And he's like, I guess so. Sure, I have nothing else going on. Got nothing else going on. Uh, they meet. There's a, a kind of, I guess, I, there's a fun kind of scene where Miles' sister. Oh, did you win your parlay? The Buffalo Bills win. Bills, Allen makes statement. Throttles Miami, 48 to 20. Hand Dolphins their first loss. Get fucked, Miami. Get fucked, Miami. Josh Allen was listening and he was, he was strengthened by us. He's <laughs> like, you're right, they did do Wheel of Time dirty. Uh, what's Miles' sister's name? I never remember her sister's name. Even though Blue. He, Blue. When Lou meets with the. Um, the new boss of Chinatown, whose name I also don't know, because uh, he has like a little beggar one-armed boy throw rocks through the windows of her dojo. He's like, hey, stop messing with my dojo. And he's like, don't call it a dojo. That's Japanese. You're in Chinatown. Come on. I thought it was kind of funny. Also, it says he cuts off, he cut off that boy's arm to make him a one-armed beggar. It's like, I'll take that other arm too. It's like, whoa. That is pretty fucked up, huh? Yeah. That fucked up kind of guy. So he's not a fan of Lou. Maybe he'll get dealt with too so they can have their dojo or whatever that no one goes to. Or wants, um, and basically says that he's racist. It's like you're probably racist. You don't like me because I'm black. He's like, hey man, probably. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, finale. A little shorter of an episode, but not too much shorter. Maybe the last one will be longer. The longest one, probably. So get the most action out of it. I, or I guess maybe because they've done all the setup, there won't. It doesn't need to be as long. Ah, uh, that's, that's true. Tight, tight thirty. <laughs> probably, probably a little longer than that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, tie everything up. Have a big fight at the Continental. We'll kill Mel Gibson. Everyone goes, so I'm happy. I, we don't actually know where the coin press is still, do we? <laughs> yeah, no one's found it. So that'll be interesting to see. Because that's what the high table's worried about. So, But yeah, it's. I feel like it's going to be like the end of, you remember at the end of John Wick 3? When oh, yeah. the adjudicator's just like, eh, this works out for us, I guess, if you're cool with it. Yeah, I mean, everyone's all right. They're kind of loose. For a, a, a group that's been around since before the Roman Empire, they kind of play it fast and loose. When it benefits them. Yeah. They like, play very, when, the, when the rules do not, they They'll come down hard, super strongly. What benefits? So I think what's going to happen is we're basically going to have that same kind of scene where Winston's going to get him, and they're going to be like, "Well, you shouldn't have done all this, but uh, uh you know what? Took care of our problem. So here you go, and we'll use you because we'll kill you otherwise. So and then you know, later on down the line, we can really get you if we need. So yeah, we'll get you when you we'll throw you into the fire when it benefits us in you know future decades. In the plots of John Wick one, two, or three. Yeah, so you get it or four. We'll take your hotel. We'll kill Shan in front of you. You ready for that? Ooh, or maybe five. Ooh, John Wick back from the dead, maybe? Was he never dead? Ooh. Ooh, maybe he, there's a grave to throw him off the scent. He's with his wife, who's never actually dead either. Ooh. Or it's his secret son that they grew in a lab. <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, this continues to be fun. There was a little less action in this one, I gotta say. A lot of, again, I, a lot of build-up. Because I saw the first episode was quite a bit of build-up. 
and but there was a good bit of action. This was more build up. I feel like less action. action. But yeah, that probably just means that the last one's gonna be very action heavy. Action heavy, and which I guess makes sense is like the second act of mm-hmm. our of our little three part here, right? Mm-hmm. This is a lot of build up, so we get all our uh, climax. That'll be cool. Yeah, good time. Overall, I do I do think this is a, a an enjoyable show. Thus far, it's been like a I guess a worthwhile Endeavor. addition to the John Wick canon. <laughs> so far, until that ballerina movie, that should be good too, though. I heard people. I saw the guys explicitly said like, "Hey, you know how like Anna de Armas is in um, No Time to Die for like five minutes? It's like that, but a whole movie." Oh, hey, and, that was, hey, and that, she was pretty good. She's pretty good in that. That can work. Yeah. So there it is. There it is. Well, I, and John Wick's in that one again. John Wick's <laughs> back. Yes, he's back from the dead. <laughs> Let's go. They went like one thing without with him being gone, without him being in it. Well, no, he's that takes place between movies or whatever. Right. That's, yeah. That's why. So classic stuff. Yeah. I love this. Everything deserves a universe. <laughs> we made four John Wick movies, and then we're going to make a cinematic universe out of it, even though John Wick's dead. So we'll do one show that doesn't have John Wick, and then the very next thing just has John Wick in it again. Yeah, just doing John Wick things. Probably going to do a lot of John Wick stuff. Good on him. Good on you, Keanu. God bless him. Really cashing those checks. You see he's maybe in the Acolyte? Is he Jedi? I don't know. I mean, I feel like Keanu Reeves Jedi. I mean, I feel like it's right there. It was just something Colin showed me. An Instagram post or someone was like, Keanu Reeves in the Acolyte? But it could be fake. You never know. It's Colin. He's not really... Is he curating this right? There is a uh, leaked trailer for the Acolyte. Really? Yeah. I keep afraid not to show that it exists. Well, it, I don't... Who knows how it's up to right now, you know? All right, it's in limbo. Strikes and whatnot. Strikes are over, though. We didn't, we didn't keep up with the days thing with the strikes, but it's over now, fellas. The, Tentatively over now. Kind of. The SAG strike is still... Oh, right, the actor strike, I forgot. Did the sex strike is not resolved. What? I think with the writer's strike. Yeah, the writer's strike is, is seemingly... Did we make a two-strikes joke? We must have. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I, many I, times. Well, I'm just ho- I'm just making sure. I was worried. Two strikes? Oh, we did in this yes. one, too. Thank yes, God. we've done that. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Well, I think nobody is sick of that. Love a running gag. Um. Yeah, I guess we should have talked about that, but we, we can wrap that up here now that we're, as we move into the... Outro here. Outro rambling here, which we had to forgo last week. We did, because my laptop almost died. Mm-hmm. And we're at a whopping, let's see here, 39%. Come on, let's have to, I gotta fix my laptop. It was fully charged or, when I came here. Or, or. Well, I have a charger. Bring a fucking charger. No, I have the charger. I was, I fully, I brought it just in case. I don't think, laptops aren't, I mean, it could be the laptop I have as well, but I don't think they're meant to like last forever, man. Well, it's kind of an intensive thing. Perhaps. How many how many hours do you expect to get out of it? Like use? at once? Yeah, I don't know. At least four. Yeah, that's actually that's we're really scraping two and a half here. You're right. We've not really been doing that much. Yeah. And this happens even when I did like schoolwork and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. I can understand this. This is a intensive process, but But okay. yeah, the they they got it. The, yeah. the, the the tentative agreement that they have in place, they got most of their demands. Like apparently it's very good. It worked, more or less. Who I mean knew? I, you can't help but uh be glad for that, right? Yeah. So maybe we should, everyone should go on strike. <laughs> I, listen. General strike? That'd be nice. Too bad they've poisoned us against strikes to make it seem like you should work 100 hours and make pennies, but. That would be nice. Yeah. Even though people are, even against the auto people who have, who'd only get raises every other year that are barely a dollar and they want to work a four day week like most of Europe does and they stay efficient. Let, 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 let me, let's not get it twisted. It doesn't go down. Yeah, that's true. We don't need the five-day work week anymore. We're infinitely more efficient that way, but God forbid you tell your our our old 60-year-old boss that he'd think you're not working full-time. And I know we just complained earlier about like ads and stuff, but if this is the price that needs to be paid so that, you know, content can be good and the people making it can have 
some wages and stuff, then that's the way it needs to be. I mean, listen, that's the way it was for decades. So the fact that perhaps it was realistic to expect they could just reinvent the wheel on this and somehow create a thing that is cheaper and has no ads and somehow everyone like someone had to give there and for a lot of this it was the people it's making been it the writers and the actors who get paid dog shit to make these projects mm-hmm. right you get your you get your netflix show in here and you go well you we pay you all for one week to write this series or whatever the hell they do although although all the tricks that that people have outlined you know during the strike and stuff we've talked about on the show so listen if amazon prime has to like put ads in so that the people making it actually get paid to write then i think I think the content itself, at least, will only benefit. Yeah. So, you know, yes. Is it, like, shitty to think about to an extent? You know, how many people have, like, made a big deal about, like, oh, over the years, like, oh, look, we get to cut the cable, right? Yeah. And suddenly it's going to, again, like I've been saying, like, loop back around where you're going to end up more or less with a bill (laughs) of, like, well, I have to pay for these nine streaming services to get all the shows that I actually want to watch. And, you know. That adds up to about $100 a month anyways or something. And, you know, we still have to watch ads during though. It's just it's just cable again. Yeah, we've, we've come but, all the way back around. But, I mean, we had a good run. We had a good run. Well. There was a while. There was a few years there where you could watch everything on Netflix, basically. And that was maybe when everything was going all right. <laughs> and then everyone else was like, well, now we need our own streaming services. And it immediately yeah. went down. When you could watch Infinity War on Netflix 80 times like I did. You were doing all right in the world. I mean, you can just watch on Disney Plus now. Yeah, but that was okay. But you just—that's—that's that's when it happened. That's when all the splitting happened. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right about that. When it used to be that like every TV show you ever wanted to watch was pretty much on Netflix, and yeah, they had like Star Wars and Disney movies and shit also on everything. Just went to Netflix. That was—it was a simpler time in a lot of ways. Yeah, a better time? No, God no. Every time is actually uniquely horrible in its own way, but some, but a better. Uh, any more rambling you got? I just wanted to see um some of the things they got. Um, okay, here's this. With Amazon's move, pretty much every streaming service now has at least one tier with advertising, from Netflix to Max to Hulu to Peacock to Disney+. Plus. It's just one way in which the streaming model, which has lost enormous amounts of money for virtually every company that has tried it, is slowly but surely turning back into traditional television. Mm-hmm. Um, cable companies are now, place- are now replacing the TV bundle, where they sold a collection of channels at one price with a streaming bundle, where streaming networks are tied together at one price. So, here's what it is. Um, I'm trying to... This article is called What the Writers Won, and I feel like it's not a good summation of that. Right. Do we know? Has that been released yet? I thought it had. Okay, so, yeah, no, there's stuff out. So, um, most MBA, I guess I don't even know what MBA is. Masters of Business Administration? Oh, the MBA has to be the, the minimum basic agreement. Ah. Okay, so it's gone up by, increased by 5%, um, 4% next year, and 3.5% the following year. Um, and then some minimums and rates increase less, mostly by 3% each year, while a few rates increase only once or do not increase over the contract. There is an increased health and pension contribution rate, increased health and pension contributions for writing teams. There is all the stuff they wanted on AI so that AI can't write new shows stuff. Um, AI-generated material will not be considered source material. A writer can choose to use AI when they want if the company consents and provided that they follow the policies, but the company cannot require any writers to use any AI Um, and the company has to disclose if anything that they're giving to writers was was made by AI Um, and you also they reserve the right to assert that exploitation of writers material to train AI is prohibited Um, there is a guaranteed second step Uh, second step is required whenever a writer is hired for a first draft screenplay for 200% of minimum or less including original and non-original screenplays Um, an accelerated payment structure for flat deals 
streaming features. When a feature-length project is made for streaming with a budget of $30 million or more, the minimum initial compensation for a story and tell play is $100,000, an 18% increase from the current one, and a 26% increase from the residual base. Combined with the foreign residual improvements described below, this results in a three-year residual of $216,000 for projects on the largest services, a 49% increase under the 2020. Wow. So that's good. Good stuff here. Uh, really. Improved terms in high-budget subscription video on demand. Uh, minimum terms for advertising supported streaming. So now if you're going to use ads, then you now uh, have to pay the writers more. Right, of course. Which makes sense. Um, and increased compensation for series employment, weekly pay, and staff writer script fees. Because that was a big thing, right? Like I was saying, is that mm. they would be, you would be a writer on a show, but they would just get you in, pay you like a flat like week. It's like, well, we're only paying you for a week, right? You're not really a, a writer. Whereas like back in the day, it was more so you had these writers' rooms where people would work well, constantly. Yeah, like you would you would work on a whole show for like a year, where every week you would come in and write. So that seems to have gotten a little better. So a bunch of little stuff. Um, staffing and duration provisions for episodic series. So development rooms and regular writers rooms for television and high budget, uh, I said service video on demand, high budget subscription video on demand. Mm -hmm. Um, will not have requirements regarding the minimum number of writers who must be hired and the duration of their employment. Wow. They got, they got like everything. Like they said, they really did get everything. Improved options, exclusivity, and span protections. Um, something Appendix A series made for subscription streaming services. A showrunner training program. Additional arbitration. A tri-guild audit program. Uh, other changes, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. They got all... I don't know, I don't know exactly how like, the sort of scorecard came out here. But it seems like they got the big stuff. It seems like they got a lot of the big stuff, yeah. which is good. The AI thing, I think. The payment and the AI thing, probably the biggest win. I think the payment, the AI, and the... The pension. Well, the new medical. streaming stuff, the yeah. streaming residuals, and the the um yeah like the benefits stuff, health insurance and whatnot. Those I know there's a lot of big things. So they seem to have come out pretty strong, which is good. I mean, it worked again. I can't can't be uh yeah. understated there. To bet Bill Maher's a scab. Yeah. <laughs> to bet fucking Stephen Amell. Yeah. Scab for that show that got canceled, huh? Andrew Barrymore. Andrew Barrymore, how do you feel? Think about it. You could have waited like an extra two weeks. Would it have even been a story? Would it? No. You idiot. Or you could have just not been a scab ever. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, now we know. You waited out like the overwhelming majority of the strike, and then you had to be an asshole with like two weeks to the finish line. <laughs> get out of here. Trips right at the end. But so here's hoping that um the actors get similar. The actors get similar. We get to bat get to go back to making our shows. I know that like what was it? Oh, the Batman Two. And it was a thing that like they were like, well, now that you can write again, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Matt yeah. Reeves fi finish that up. Hopefully, uh, you know, some of the stuff we care about is, is on that uh, docket. Yeah, on the docket here now that we can get back to writing. So hopefully Andor isn't horrible. Fingers <sighs> crossed. That's my big... I mean, that's literally the single biggest one. Andor and House of the Dragon. But I think House of the Dragon is like... It's, that's going to big It's like set in stone. Yeah. So who knows how they that's just got to read the book. Well, I just mean they were continuing to shoot that during this all. So Oh, really? Well, yeah. No, and because part of it is because it was in England. Oh. They don't have to even follow the rules. So... I don't even know about Fucking that one. Britain. I don't know if the, I think the screen, I think it was one of those things where like they kept shooting, but the screenwriters, or the showrunners left. So. Hi, Chihuahua. Who knows that one? I think The Last of Us, luckily, would have just kind of stopped. Right. Well, they got another 400 days of filming ahead of yeah. them. So well, they, I don't think they even, they didn't even start or anything. I mean. Well, they got to like, prep for were, 400 days of filming. That's right, no, right. that's no small feed. So they were just in the process of writing the second season. So, and those are the big three shows, I think. Yeah. Who cares about whatever else? I don't know. Dave Filoni can write his movie now, I guess. Good for him. He's going to write it. Anyway, it'll get it eventually. It'll be... I was thinking about that movie. 
it's gonna be incomprehensible for most people. That's the thing. I mean, people say that kind of. We talked about this, but like about this show already, right? Is it too much? That movie's gonna be too much. I'll tell. I'll, I'll tell you that for free. I don't know. Unless I really biff the Mandalorian. Well, they've already biffed the Mandalorian a little bit. But they really biff it and really just kind of get the get the fat off there and just be like, yeah, here's Mando. That's all you need. I don't know, Jack. I don't have a problem with it, but I also I I do. It's one of the things where I guess I understand where people are coming from. That like. It's like the MCUification thing again, right? Where it's like, is it is it a good thing in general to have like these big interconnected things that require all this hours of watch, all time. this investment from people to enjoy it? I mean, I, I I usually come back to think of like, well, you just don't have to. Like, if if you, who cares, right? Yeah. If you're not going to enjoy the show because you don't want to watch the other shows and you think that's too much of a commitment, don't. Then don't. And then pe- and then they'll stop doing it. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we hope. Paying, floating with your wallet and all that. Because who are you to be like, well, I really want to watch Star Wars, but I only want to watch it when it's one-off and I don't have to put any investment in it, okay? I don't know. There's all those also Star Wars fans who are going to enjoy having all the connections, so I don't know, man. Damn you do, damn you don't, kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, whatever. I think a lot of times, I, this and this is something I said before, there's people who are not really arguing in good faith. No. They're just arguing to be like, haha, I don't like Star Wars. Or Mar- I actually I don't, like, don't like Marvel that Like, much. I don't like Disney kind of thing. Yeah. Like, haha. Look. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. That's also, for a lot of reasons, it's a pretty valid take. viewpoint to take. But then I feel like they're just kind of, yeah, they're not really arguing because they care about, like, the properties or mm-hmm. really are very passionate about it one way or the other. They're just arguing to argue. <laughs> yeah, just to get their opinion out. They're just fighting to fight, you know? Yeah, they love fighting. So so with that, we'll wrap it up right about here, I guess. Uh, we did a fair amount of rambling and it's good though. i mean the, the strike in that is no, a, that's that a is very good, a good thing we get to we our show gets to continue in perpetuity mm-hmm. and we don't have to like start watching old movies sometimes we might get to that point because we have our big swaths of nothing i don't know yeah th- listen we have not th- those five months are still going to be felt and we have yet to begin that yeah, it's going to be next year 2024 this. once do i think once do march comes and goes when dune we might start feeling it more like we watched a lot of movies this year and i don't think there's going to be that m- nearly so many to choose for from. us to choose from next year we'll have to probably go back into the annals watch a movie a movie where like seven people get together and free a village from an oppressive force send i think it was send japan something seven are you talking about uh the magnificent seven that's it did they yeah, make a chris, movie like that in japan with chris pratt oh, with I, chris I pratt i don't and denzel washington i couldn't yeah that's a that's a good one i like that's that a, they almost all die. Chris Pratt dies. Oh, yeah. It's a good one, though. I actually like it. Yeah. I don't know how people think it compares to the original Magnificent Seven. I'm sure there's some boomer out there who's like, back in the day. Right? Not racist John, enough. I bet John Wayne's on that one, right? John Wayne's definitely. Go Marilyn Manson or whatever. Not Marilyn Manson. Miriam. It's some, he's, that's not his real name. His real name is Miriam or something. But he's a horrible racist. <laughs> or was. Shouldn't be understated, I think. Yeah, he tried to beat up that woman because she was in oh, America. He's, he's not in it. Yul Brenner and Steve McQueen are in it. Charles Bronson, lots of dudes in it, but no... Uh, it's old heads. Old, Lots of old heads, but no no John Wayne. People that Quentin Tarantino would lose his mind over. Yeah, yeah. Steve McQueen's a classic. No, oh, yeah. So I bet there's people who are like the the 1961 is better, but I couldn't be fucked. I don't I don't I mean I'm not passionate about it. I like the I saw the Magnificent Seven from twenty sixteen and I did enjoy it. I saw it in theaters and I was like, huh. Oh really? Yeah. Very nice. Me and a friend of the show Jeff, we saw it together in theaters. Dope. It came out. Listen, doesn't the one from nineteen sixty have Ethan Hawk? Ethan Hawk's in that movie? Oh yeah. So so uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? I was too no actors then, I think. To know, to know, to know, nicher actors, nicher. As I say, yeah. Well, that's. I guess that's fair. Ethan Hawke. Oh, like look, it. it's got one of the scars guards. Which one? Peter. See, no, Alex is it. Oh no, they're right. 
It's not Peter. His name's Peter Sarsgaard. <laughs> oh, he's oh. not one of the Scar- He looks like one of those Sarsgaards, though. I saw him and I was like, ah. Oh. I mean, you can forgive him. Those names were very similar. Good look, good look, good look. He looks like the one brother. Not Bill, not Alex. Stalin? Stalin? Not Gustav. Gustav. All right, all right, all right. Watch, real quick. As our rambling nonsense continues. Or put, or, what are we, another 15 minutes over three hours? All right, all right. Here's Bill Skarsgård, or Peter Sarsgaard. All right, let me see him. All right, so that's Gustav Skarsgård. Okay, it's Gustav. And that's Peter Sarsgaard. They look similar, That's the correct? same man, I think. And their names are similar, so you can you could excuse the slip. Okay? No, I, absolutely I can. So with that, we have a brother <laughs> here. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. You can find us wherever you find your podcast every week. Uh, our logo is done by financial Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our... Intro is done by Joey B. You can find him on Instagram, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. Find us on Gmail at AkatechJazz.gmail.com and on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast, all lowercase. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we both have the sets. Say so goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed. <laughs>